Eek. Fights 20. 13. Benjamin Sisko. I suppose you want the office. Well, I thought I'd say hello first, and then take the office. But we could do it in any order you like. This is going to take some getting used to. Don't be ridiculous. I'm still the same old Dax. More or less. Major, I had my choice of any job in the fleet. I didn't want some cushy key research grant. I wanted this. The farthest reaches of the galaxy. One of the most remote outposts available. This is where the adventure is. This is where heroes are made. Right here. In the wilderness. This wilderness is my home. Dad, there is nothing to sleep on in there except for a cushion on the floor. Well, we can get you a real bunk off the Enterprise. We're gonna have to work it until we get things back and running, Jake, okay? Okay. Okay. Why would you want me to stay? I'm curious myself. The man is a gambler and a thief. I'm not a thief. You are a thief. If I am, you haven't been able to prove it for four years. Please. We need someone to step forward and say, I'm staying. I'm rebuilding. We need a community leader, and it's going to be you for it. May I introduce myself? Uh, yes, yes, of course. Now my name is Garrett. A Cardassian by birth, obviously. The only one of us left on this station. Welcome to Geek Fights, the Ponzi scheme of podcasting. I'm Damon Shaw. With me as always is Mr. Mike Ortiz. Mike, what are we fighting about tonight? Well, tonight we are doing the best Deep Space Nine character. So uh, what? Oh, that was an accidental uh, ring there. So uh, who's joining us tonight, Damon? Well, this evening we've got Josh Perigo. Happy New Year. George Jen. Hi, great to be here. And Miles McLaughlin. Hello, thanks for having me on. Ooh. So uh, how do the fights work, Mike? Well, uh, we have chosen between our panelists and other people uh, 32 Deep Space Nine characters. Uh, any character uh, that has been on Deep Space Nine is eligible. It can be like a one-off character, a main character, whatever anybody wants. They just have to have been on Deep Space Nine. We randomly match them up, drop them into tournament-style brackets, which you can download from our website at geekfights.net. Uh, we each cast our vote, give our reasons. The winner of each fight moves on to the next round. This is continued until someone is crowned the best Deep Space Nine character. Uh, as always, there are no wrong answers. Um, pretty much any reason you want for these characters. This, this is really tough because uh, characters are such a personal thing. So just use whatever geek logic that uh, that you have at your disposal. And uh, just remember, good geek logic can sway votes. So choose your argument wisely. Yeah, round one, right off the top. Fucking brutal. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's brutal. There are characters that I love that are going to go out in round one. 
uh, ju- just because of the matchup. And it sucks because going up against almost half, maybe even more of these characters, they would still go out. Like they're, 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 this, was, this is the ultimate Kobayashi Maru of geek <laughs> fighting because there, there's a bunch of no-win scenarios. And let's start with a, a really good no-win scenario right off the top. Josh, this one is yours. It is Wayun versus Quark. Okay. Uh, this one isn't as tough for me. Uh, but I will say that when I was a kid, uh, actually up to the age I was 23, I had a life-size cutout of Quark in my bedroom. Um, and I love Quark because I personally think that he's the best Ferengi um, that we've ever seen. He's, uh, he's not over the top. He's not too cushy or cuddly. He's just, he's Quark. Uh, but when it comes down to it, um, Jeffrey Combs, the actor who does Wayun, actually does uh, Brunt as well. And he did a character in um, Enterprise. And uh, God, I mean, there are bad episodes with Quark in it, but there are no bad Wayun centric episodes. They are just awesome. Uh, the guy did a masterful job. Um, and I don't want to use everything right now. So I'm going to go with Wayun. A vote for Wayun. Mike. You know, uh, th- this is this is a brutal one right off the bat. And, uh, you know, I, I was thinking about this. And when, when we initially decided to do a Deep Space Nine episode, I thought we were going to do best Deep Space Nine episode, not character. And uh, one of the reasons is because doing character episodes is, is really tough. And here's a great example. We've got Wayun, uh, who is, is actually a smaller character, and Quark, who is a major character. Um, and, you know, I, I agree there have been some bad Quark episodes, but that's because Quark has just had so much more screen time and so much more important to the, to the story. So it's tough here when we've got uh, a character who is, has had a lot of screen time, has, is a major character as opposed to a character that's much smaller, and, and how do you really go that way? And I wanted to go Wayun. Uh, I, I love Wayun. I wanted to put him on best uh, six-string character, but he had been on too many appearances. And my initial choice was Wayun, but the more I thought about it, the more I kept remembering Quark moments. Uh, Quark, I, I hated the Ferengi on Next Generation. Um, I loved the Ferengi by the end of Deep Space Nine. And the reason for that is our characters like Quark and also Nog and Rom who made it on here. I think it's interesting that that whole family uh, basically made it on here. There are four Ferengi on this list. Um, but I think Quark is the main reason he is the main Ferengi. And even though he's had some bad episodes, he's actually had some absolutely amazing episodes. And he is a real character. He's had great character growth from the beginning to the end. So I got to go with Quark. A vote for Quark. Miles. Uh, love Wayun for what, what both of you said. Uh, Jeffrey Combs uh, does. He's just fantastic. Uh, the, the character of Wayun, we've seen him get killed like three times throughout the show. Maybe, maybe more. Uh, Quark is a survivor. Uh, Quark will, uh, you know, even with a Klingon pointing a knife at him, he'll still come out on top. So, and he saved his mother from the Jem'Hadar. So, my vote is for Quark. A vote for Quark. Damn it, you made it hard for me because I do want. I do want to give love to Wayun. I want to vote for Wayun. Wayun is a great character. He's he's. Everything that I he's he's a ball of everything I liked about Deep Space Nine is is there with Wayun, but Quark is Ferengi's. 
like it, not 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 Ferengis as in you know oh he's a Ferengi. All of the growth of the Ferengi race is through Quark. He is the reason why we know who Ferengis are and we like them now because next generation Ferengis are horrible. And when you actually look, you start out with Quark at the start of Deep Space Nine. He is a next gen Ferengi, only slightly tweaked. And by the end, he is Quark. And he is the new Ferengi race. And uh, yeah, I've, I've got to vote for Quark. George? Well, uh, you know, I, I love Wayne too. Um, uh, like you guys have said, Jeffrey Combs, he's a great actor, very talented. But, uh, but we're talking about best Deep Space Nine character. And uh, like Mike said, um, Quark has been, he's been there from the beginning. He's, he's a major character. And, and I think like, uh, someone else said, you know, I hated the Ferengi in, uh, TNG, but by D D space nine, they were great. Quark is the man. Um, and my vote is for Quark. And Quark is moving into the next round and we're on to our next fight. We're one round in, and my heart's already broken. Oh, yeah, it's and it would have be been broken. broken either way. Oh, yeah. Can we change the topic? Is it too late? No. Can we do that, uh, Jason of Star Command? No. I won't uh, give a shit about any of those. <laughs> uh, on to our next fight. It, it is yours, Mr. Ortiz. It is another uh, heartbreaker. It's Nog versus Miles O'Brien. This one's actually uh, it, it is a little easier for me. Um, and uh, I am going to go with Nog. Um, I, w- I was a big fan of the relationship between Miles and Bashir. Uh, but Miles on his own, I liked, but just never really clicked with me. And I can in- this, this is going to sound stupid because I, I may contradict it. Uh, no, actually, I'm probably not going to contradict it. Um, but a small part of my mind can, can justify and say, Miles is a next-gen character. Uh, so I'm going to go with Nog because he's pure deep space nine and he's another Ferengi and we get two Ferengis in the next round. Uh, vote for Nog miles. Um, look, look, both great characters, but I think out of the two of them who probably had the most, uh, character development at the two of them. Uh, I think Nog definitely, we saw he had a really major story arc throughout the show. Um, a, we see him, trying to steal something and by the end of the series uh well throughout the series he become he he becomes a starfleet cadet he serves on the defiant he distinguishes himself um he goes through a bit of a bit of a existential crisis when he's recovering from his leg injury um but at the end we see you know he he steers the defiant during um the last battle and um we see him promoted at the end so and, and I think he had the most character growth. So my 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 vote goes for Nog. A vote for Nog. You know this this ah the uh, these hurt because Nog by far does have the absolute he, his his story arc starts out as a kid and by the end he's a man and, and it's one of those things that they've tried to do over and over in Star Trek with with ch- child characters and they fall short. Uh, the Nog story doesn't fall short. As a matter of fact, it, the story kind of happens with Jake Sisko too, but Jake wasn't uh, wasn't as much a kid as Nog. Nog was a kid. 
And uh, by the end, he he grows up. He becomes a man. He becomes a man that we all kind of hope we could be. You know, go through some trials and tribulations and uh, tribulations. Sorry, and come out on top. Uh, I want to vote for Nog, but Miles, the growth of Miles O'Brien on Deep Space Nine is huge. He goes from a guy who's a background character on Next Generation, and that's what he was, a background character, and occasionally he would talk, to being a character that we love and we hate his wife choice. We There's so many things that we love and dislike about Miles O'Brien. I've got to go with Miles here, but I can be swayed, and it probably will if it comes down the other way. Uh, George? Uh, I'm going for Miles O'Brien. He he made that character made such a great transition from the Enterprise to Deep Space Nine. Just like you said, he went from a background character, the chief of operations of a major space station. Um, He's um, I, I think he's one of the smartest characters on the show. And he's one of the most important characters on that show. And I think that he played such an integral role between so many of the other characters. I think he just mixed so well. Um, And that's, and that's going from his, his later years on TNG transitioning to, uh, Deep Space Nine. I think he had, uh, I think he had good, uh, good story arcs, and um, I, I just, uh, and engineers are the shit. So I'm voting for Miles O'Brien. Miles O'Brien has another vote. It is all tied up. It comes down to you, Josh. Which one takes the win? Well, you know, actually, Nog wasn't really a kid when he started out on the show because he was 23 and he was playing like a 10 year old. But, uh, you know, Miles kind of, you know, he's an interesting character just because he's not even an actual officer. Um, And they point that out a lot. The fact that Julian's his superior. Um, But uh, and, and the episode I'm trying to think of escapes me, but it's where he's in prison. Not in prison, but they put memories of somebody who was in prison in his mind. So in his mind, he spends like 20 years in prison. And uh, I thought that was like one of the best standalone episodes. Uh, he did, a, you know, he was great in it and I loved it. And it's completely messed up. Uh, but I, I, you know, there are things that you just don't like about him, like his relationship with Julian. Uh, obviously, you can't stand his wife. Um, and he doesn't seem to have a ton of growth as a character. I mean, they gave him a more important role, but uh, you don't really see any development like you see with Nog. And uh, even though Nog wasn't as big of a part of the show, uh, I, I just felt like you, you, uh, you kind of grew up with him and you kind of saw the change. And I, I want to see two Ferengis against each other in the next round. So mm. I'm going to go with Nog. And Nog is into mm. the next round. We are on to our next fight. Miles, this one is yours. It is Michael Eddington versus Major or Admiral or whatever her name is, Kira. I love the introduction to Michael Eddington in the whole Section 31 um, story. Um, like the kind of dark side of Starfleet or whatever this organization was. But I got to go with Kira. Kira 
we see we see her grow throughout the season also she is embittered uh terrorist not trusting starfleet um but we we see her grow we see her um have a friendship with with with, with Cisco and the other starfleet officers and she managed to kick ass throughout the whole series and so um i was really impressed with her during the last couple episodes of season seven um we could talk about that more but so but again my vote's for kira a vote for colonel kira can i make a point of order here um a clarification uh, what? michael eddington what he, oh i was gonna he, do that oh okay all <laughs> yeah. right go for it <laughs> he's my key he's my key. Uh, i right. i screwed up i'm sorry yeah, Sloan is way later. Yeah, that's the other. That's on the other side of the bracket. Yeah. Other side of the okay. bracket. But Eddington is the Maquis. He was the voice of the Maquis. The 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 characters or the the bad guys that were created for Voyager and uh, had uh, had a small brief appearance on Next Generation and really didn't have very much of an impact on Voyager, but had a huge impact on Deep Space Nine. And by the end, he's the the head of the Maquis. He gives voice to the well the voiceless thing that the Maquis was and developed the Maquis into well, not actually a threat but people that you can sympathize with. You understand why they're upset and he also makes Cisco the bad guy. And Cisco is a really good bad guy. Uh, so I'm going to go with uh, Michael Eddington. Even though I do love the shit out of Kira, I'm, I'm going to give a little love to Eddington. Uh, George? Um... <sighs> This is kind of a tough one for me because, uh, of course, because we have another one of these situations where we have a main character um, pitted against a, uh, you know, not not so much a main character, but someone who played an integral part of a story arc uh, in in a few episodes, but which of which for Michael Eddington played out really well. Um, and uh, I gotta be honest, like the Kira episodes, when I watched them, I wasn't that interested in her. Um, I mean, she, she just never, she never really struck me as, as someone who I really cared about as a character um of course she was an important element of the show being a bajoran they're in bajoran space doing a lot of bajoran emissary stuff um but i guess i gotta say that uh, i really liked the the surprise and suspense that michael eddington brought to the story arc uh when he was on this show um uh it introduced introduced us to major parts of the mar the marquee uh which uh eventually uh transferred over to the next series voyager so that's some important stuff so uh i'm gonna i'm gonna vote for eddington another vote for eddington josh uh, uh, you know what? You gotta love a character who just completely pisses off Ben Sisko because that guy is cool. Like nothing gets to him, and this guy just got under his skin and turned him, you know, into a bad guy in in a way. Uh, 
but there's something I'm going to use, a term I'm going to use a lot uh, here, and it's going to be growth. And I think with Kira, the first season, uh, I, I wasn't too big on her. Um, but then in the last episode, uh, I think you saw something that's, you know, made you think, eh, I think I might be able to like her. And, you know, she grows, however slowly or annoying it may be, but she she has growth. And uh, she actually winds up in the end being, you know, someone who's almost best friends with Cisco. Um, I, you know, I, I just can't give it to a guy who's, who was in like half a season, even though he was great. Uh, he didn't look like a hero. He was bald and kind of just a regular guy, but he, he was a hero in many ways. Um, but in the end, I got to go with Kira. A uh, vote for Kira. It is all tied up. It comes down to you, Mr. Ortiz. Which one takes the win? Um, I don't know if I've ever said this before, but I, I don't like Kira. Um, I've, I know I've mentioned that I, I really never liked Ensign Roe. Um, and I'm glad Roe didn't come on to Deep Space Nine. I like Kira more than Roe by a long shot. But I don't know. Maybe maybe those remnants of Roe that were still in Kira, especially at the beginning, uh, just kind of turned me off to her early on. Uh, I know the point of Deep Space Nine was to have conflict between the Federation and the Bajorans, but the conflict always felt kind of forced and heavy-handed, and I, I just sort of actively disliked Kira. Um, and, and yeah, there was growth, but it got her more to a neutral spot with me. Um, uh, and, and you know, Michael Eddington, he... He was a small character, but he served a great purpose. Uh, and sometimes characters uh, are really, you know, part part of being a good character is what you bring to the story, what you move to the story. I did not see the betrayal that he did coming, um, and that and being surprised by a character is something that happens uh, that doesn't happen a lot. Uh, I think I'm a little jaded to that. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I'm going to go with Eddington. A uh, vote for Eddington, but I'm changing my vote to Kira because Kira actually does deserve to go for it. Uh, <laughs> you know, I actually think that they were going to have Ro uh, come over from uh, yeah. the next that's, generation. And that's what it was I'm, supposed to be. And I'm really glad they didn't because I, that actress, I can't think of her name now. She just seemed to have no personality at all. Michelle Forbes. Yeah. Yep, that's it. She, she wanted to do movies instead, so she she passed up a series that ran for seven years. Yeah, well, to have a illustrious movie career where we don't remember her name, but we're on well, to our next Well, she did fight. wind up on network television. Oh, yeah. Anyway, next fight. It is Grand Nagus Zek versus Tora Zial. Uh, this is an easy fight. Uh, I, I'm not even going to have to say much. I love I love uh, Zial. I like the character development. I like her interaction with uh, Dukat, but come on. It's Zek. I'm voting for Grand Nagus Zek. <laughs> uh, George? Uh, you know, I, I think uh, as as the show as Deep Space Nine went on, uh, Ferengi's turned into like my favorite characters, <laughs> the regulars and the guest stars, and Grand Nagus Zek. Uh, he, he was a <laughs> he just always always made me laugh the way he uh, the way he would just. Uh, crap all over Quark, and then all of a sudden he'll turn around and help him out. Um, so I'm voting for Zach. Another vote for Zach, Josh. 
Uh, yeah, ZL was played by three different actresses, and she was in like six episodes. If uh, so, yeah, I, I think that they could have worked that angle with her and Garrick a lot more, but they chose not to, and they killed her off. So I'm going to go with Grand Negasek. Another vote for Zach, Mike. Uh, you know, I, I I don't even consider Zial to be an actual character. Uh, she she's just a a plot device to really just to move uh, Ducat uh, in in different directions. Um, I, I I never really had any interest in her uh, whatsoever. Um, and and Zach is a lot of fun, and he's a Frankie. I love Frankie. Miles, is it a clean sweep for Zach? Yeah, I wish just for fun to put a dissenting voice in, but I can't. Um, I, Mike took the words out of my mouth. ZL was a plot device, and for what it was, she served it well, but come on, this is Grand Negasek. The actor's name eludes me at the moment, but he's, he's absolutely brilliant, and um, Zek is the man. And Zek, Mr. Wallace, moving on, and we are on to our next fight. George, this one is yours. It is Gold Ducat versus The Prophets. Oh. We talked a little bit about this, I think, before you started recording. And in my opinion, this one is easy for me. Gold Ducat is a, I think, one of the best Star Trek antagonists of all the series, excluding guys like Q. Um, the prophets, I, I, I never loved the prophets much at all. Of course, yeah, they're, yeah, they, they're a necessary story device for Cisco to be the emissary, sure. But when it comes to, but but they're not, they're not characters, and characters, you care about what happens with them and their storylines. Ducat goes through so much and I I love his supremely confident attitude that just he he thinks he is the bomb and he's just constantly is always trying he's always working an angle he's I I just think Ducat is great and the, the actor who plays a Mark Alimo great character actor and this one's easy for me. Go Ducat all the way. A uh, vote for Ducat, Josh. I, you know, George, I disagree about the the prophets being a, a character, just because we think about them as like you know being the wormhole aliens, but they're to the Bajorans, they're God, and they're really at the heart of a lot of uh, you know questions and, and theories about religion and science that really kind of come into play in Deep Space Nine. Um, and you know, they kind of are, they're responsible for really the entire show because they made Cisco and they destroyed a, a, a fleet of Dominion ships. And I mean, they've manipulated and, and, and pretty much worked the mm -hmm. whole story that we're watching with deep space nine. That's why we're watching it is the prophets. Yeah, uh, I agree. It's, it's a unique aspect of, of a Star Trek series. I agree. I mean, it's, you know, it is, they, they're really there to, to make us, you know, ask questions about, you know, God, like, is God, God, or is it, can science explain God? I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's that thing that it, it's underlying in deep space nine and I love it. However, 
there's only like two people on this list who are going to take out Gold Ducat. And even though I put the profits on the list, they're not one of them. So Gold Ducat. Uh, vote for Gold Ducat. Mike. Yeah, you can just go ahead and rewind the last minute or so because everything they said, I agree with Ducat. Another vote for Ducat. Uh, Miles. Uh, the profits were interesting, but who did I want to see on screen more was Ducat. Uh, Ducat had a fantastic story arc. Um, he, he was Cisco's nemesis and thorn aside the first couple seasons, but then you'd see them sometimes team together, take road trips. Um, and then when he, when he fell from grace and he decided that he, he took that Klingon bird prey and fought his own war against, um, the Klingons, you thought, well, is Dukat going to be good? Because sometimes he helped, you know, the the, the, the crew from Deep Space Nine out a few times. But then, then he, he goes bad again, and he he, he joins up with the Dominion. So, um, probably one of the best villains in Star Trek history. So, it, Dukat. A vote for Dukat. And he did, he and uh, a character that's going to be in the next fight, did for Cardassians what Quark did for Ferengis. And not saying that Card I didn't hate the Cardassians in Next Generation, but I, ju- I, I just didn't care about them. I gave two shits about them. They were not an alien race that I was like, ooh, it's a Cardassian episode. Right. Uh, when, it, when it was a Ducat episode, and it, most of the Ducat episodes were Cardassians, you were like, holy shit. It's a, it's a Cardassian episode. This is going to be good. It's a Ducat episode. This is going to be great. So in a clean sweep... I'm going to give it to Ducat. Ducat is moving on. And we're on to our next fight. Josh, this one is yours. Haha, this one's not hard. It is uh, Garrick versus Odo. <laughs> uh, it's, yeah, you know what? It's easy for me. Um, Odo was there to be Data, essentially. And, uh, you know, it, it, Data was a better Odo than Odo was. Uh, it, uh, the actor just never really did anything for me. Um, Really, I don't think the writers did a whole lot for Odo. Maybe towards the end a little bit, um, trying to create some conflict with, with his people on the Federation. But overall, um, Odo-centric episodes were not my favorite. And, uh, you know, I really didn't like his relationship with Kira either. Um, and frankly, I have a whole book uh, of Garrick stories. Um, so, I mean, that takes the cake right there. It's Garrick. A vote for Garrick. Mike. This is this is a really tough one, um, uh, on, on a lot of levels. I mean, it's certainly the major character versus the minor character, uh, two two very different uh, kinds of characters. Um, I I actually think uh, Rene Abergenois did a great job. I thought uh, he, I I personally at least really uh, really connected with him. Um, but Andrew Robinson is just a phenomenal actor and, and really brought that brought Garrick to life. I think I am going to go with Odo, though. I mean, this is one where I, I may be swayed. Um, and I love Garrick. This is kind of like Wayun again. Um, it's a character that I really loved that was used uh, relatively sparingly. Uh, but uh, in in the end, he he served a great purpose. He was a spy. And everything about him kind of revolved around that, which is a little one note. Whereas Odo, I think, had a little bit more going on than that. I mean, I think he started off pretty one note, but, uh, you know, his relationship with, with Quark, his relationship with Kira, even though I didn't buy it at first, when they first introduced the Kira relationship, I was kind of upset 
because I, I didn't want to see Odo with her because that meant seeing Odo with her. And I liked seeing Odo and I didn't like seeing her. So I think because I, I, I may be more engaged by Garrick, but I think I care more about Odo and his fate. Um, and, and what happened with him and, and certainly the, he and the changelings became such an important part of the story. Uh, I think I'm going to go with Odo. Uh, I could be swayed Odo. though. Uh, Miles. Yeah, this is like offering me two, two plates of my favorite food. I'm not sure which to take here. Um, and I could, I could, I could, I could be, have my mind changed on this too. Uh, I loved, I did love Odo. I loved his banter and his, with, uh, uh, Quark and their, you know, friendly ad, 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 adversarial relationship. Um, but, uh, when Garrick was on, he would just, um, love, love the mind games. He played with Bashir, um, loved, um, love seeing what, what they, what they were doing with him in later seasons. Um, and they did use him sparingly, but when they used them, they used him really well. I have to go with Garrick. Oh, vote for Garrick. Um, yeah, this is this is really really hard. Although I do know Odo's full name, which is Odo Etal, and Garrick's name is what is his first name? Elam. Elam, Elam Garrick. Elam Garrick. Ah, oh. and they're both like there are moments uh, as a matter of fact my, uh, when when you guys are talking about the characters my my odo moment the moment that that just just breaks me just just oh it's so hard it, and it's in an episode i don't like it's where they uh, go they go to that planet and they get split in time frame kind of thing and they meet their their uh descendants and all that stuff and odo's there and that's where kira finds out that he was in love with her and he basically massacres, he kills all the people on that planet so Kira can live because she died on the planet. And and his love for her was so strong that he was willing to, to wipe out everybody he knew for a couple hundred years just so she could have a chance. And that, that to me was like powerful. But but Garrick, you go right along that line with him and his father, Inabrintain, and, and uh his his surrogate mother which i can't remember her name right now but you know his storyline is fucking powerful too it, it, uh, god damn it you know what i'm gonna do the easy thing and tie it up <laughs> i'm gonna give a vote to odo tie it up for you george which one takes the win oh man <laughs> man yeah I, i'm struggling with this one too um for for all all things that have been said about both both of these characters. Um, yeah. Oh, I guess, uh, in some of these characters we've talked about so far, we've heard, or we've talked about character growth. So using that logic, if we're talking about a character's growth, I think that Odo would take the prize here. From the beginning, he grows from a pretty hard-ass cop 
which he pretty much stays a hard ass cop. <laughs> but uh, through the whole thing, you know, uh, he's he's always on Garrick's case. He's always on on the job. It's always about the work. But we do see we do see him learning to learning to deal with people or beings who are so much different from him. Uh, dealing with falling in love with unrequited love uh, for a long time. And although he just, he has a really interesting backstory that we learn so much about from beginning all the way to the end of the series. So my vote is for Odo. And Odo is into the next round. That one is fucking hard. Ow. I'm I'm uh, I'm almost crying right now. It's uh Yeah. Uh, luckily we're on to our next fight and it's a, a little bit easier. Mike, this one is yours. It is Martok versus Intendant Kira. Also known as Kira from the Mirror Universe. Uh, this is actually a lot easier. Uh, lesbian overtones aside, I still don't like <laughs> Kira, and I love Klingons. So Martok. A uh, vote for Martok, Miles. Uh, one thing I liked about the intended Kira it showed uh, Nana visitors' range. I thought she, I thought she did a good job playing a polar opposite with with, with a different take on the character. Um, but I like Klingons. I, I, I liked Martok's, uh, uh, story arc throughout the, uh, series. He was more of a blue collar Klingon. He kind of had to work his way, you know, he, he did come from, um, riches or a, a great house. He, you know, he, he, he started from the bottom up and, 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 uh, the capital lands. So, um, I, I don't know that, that just resonates with me. So. My vote's for Martok. A vote for Martok. Uh, I've met Martok in person. Uh, he's he's a really nice guy. He actually asked to borrow a paper plate from me one time, and I gave it to him. And then he signed a paper plate for me. And then he drew a little Martok. He actually drew it in his, uh, what do you call that, in his signature. He he drew Martok. I, I liked it a lot. I still have it. I might post a picture of that. That might be the picture for the episode. But, um, yeah. And... and Intended Kira, it, it, it was a lovely, fun play character, but uh, Martok, you love the shit out of. I don't know how you can't love Martok, so I'm going to vote for Martok. George. Um, Martok's great. Um, I, I love his, I love his uh, growing relationship with Worf. Um, and uh, and he has a great story arc. Um, the uh, intendant Kira, she shows up in mirror episodes. Um, and it's weird. Although I do not like Kira, uh, I, I don't like prime universe Kira, but I really like intended Kira. <laughs> Uh, I, I think Nana Visitor 
she changes up that role or that personality really well. And uh, I, I really did enjoy uh, seeing the intended and seeing um, how evil and manipulative she is. Uh, so based on that, I'm probably going to go against the grain with everybody and I'm going to vote for the, in- for intended Kira. A vote for the intended. Uh, Josh. Uh, let's just call her slutty Kira. That works better. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, that was actually a really good mirror universe character because she was the exact opposite. Like the real Kira and wouldn't use her sexuality to get something she you know she doesn't want anything given to her she's gonna you know she wants it she wants to be upfront and honest with you and this here is kind of devious and and manipulative um that being said uh i think martok was uh a really great surprise for the show in the last couple of seasons uh just because you know he was really the first klingon that has really been focused on aside from galron who was in sparing episodes of the next generation um other than wharf and uh i, I really thought he was a, a a good balance um between what we've seen and what we know of wharf um and i don't know if i'd say there was a lot of development there but I, you know just the way they wrote him he was he was a really likable character um and i didn't want him to die at any point once i once i had seen him so uh, i'm going to go with uh martok Martok is into the next round. We're on to our next fight. Miles, this one is yours. It's the first unknown fight of the evening. It is Smiley O'Brien. That's Mirror Universe O'Brien versus Karen's pick, which is Ishka. I want my Moogie. Also known as Moogie. Um, I like Moogie. I, 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 I like the, the banter between her and Quark. Um, but I gotta say, I like you know, I like Smiley O'Brien's arc. He starts out as just one of the, um, he's he's sort of a slave on on on, on the Mirror Universe, Tarek Noor. But he kind of has a little bit of status, I guess. But at the same time, you, you see you see him go from that to being the the the, the um the, the rebel leader, and so and I see him do that. You know he kidnap Cisco to help him out in the your universe. Um, so I'm going for Smiley. Uh, vote for Smiley, O'Brien, but I want my Moogie. I love Moogie. I love what she did for female Fringies and for Fringies in general because she fleshed them out even more. Uh, I, I, I love Ishka. Even though she was played by two people, uh, I'm, I'm going to go with Ishka. Uh, Josh? Yeah, um, you know, when my mother found out she was going to be a grandmother, she had to figure out uh, what she wanted to be called. And uh, she came back with Moogie. She did some research. And so to this day, she's Moogie. Um, so I'm going to I'm going to vote for Moogie. However, I do think that Smiley O'Brien is named Smiley because he's not married to um, Keiko in the alternate universe. And that's why he's smiling because she's a bitch. <laughs> but I'm going with Moogie. Wow, Keiko slams, and I will defend Keiko to the end of time, but she's not on this episode. Uh, Mike? Uh, I want my Moogie, too. Ishka gets another vote. Uh, 
Wait, was that everybody? Oh no, I skipped George, didn't I? Yep. Yep. Go ahead, George. Moogie. And Moogie is moving on through. Wow, I could, I could really, you know what? I'm going to defend, I'm going to defend her right now because we won't be talking any more O'Briens. Uh, the reason why we don't like uh, Keiko O'Brien is because you're only seeing Keiko O'Brien through the eyes of Miles wants to go do something cool, and Keiko says no, you can't. Miles, <laughs> that, that's all you're seeing her through. <laughs> but Miles O'Brien is a good, likable guy. So why would he stay with the woman that did that he didn't like? He oh, would. It, she she left him at the altar. No, she didn't. She came back, but she didn't show up at the she, wedding. She she was just freaking out. Okay, but I still love I still love Kira's, and there are Kira's in all uh, Kira's uh, Keiko's in all of our lives. There 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 are girls who go out with uh, our our friends that we all like that friend, and that friend says, "Oh, I can't go out because uh, I'm going to spend time with Keiko." And you're like, God damn, Keiko. But it's not Keiko's <laughs> fault. It's your friend's See, fault. Uh, I don't like Keiko, and I don't particularly care for O'Brien that much either. Yeah. So I think she just sucks. You suck. But Ishka is moving on. We're on to our next fight. It is an easy one. It is Ben Sisko versus Senator Freenak. It's a fake. <laughs> and then yep, Sisko took care of him. I'm going to go physical fight. And Cisco's going to get Garrick to blow up his shuttle. So I'm going to go with uh, Cisco. Uh, George? Oh, Ben Cisco, all the way. Josh? I put Vrenak on the list uh, because he's an internet sensation. And, uh, you know, I, I, it's funny, too, because we don't really get to know Romulans at all. Like, there haven't been any, like, consistent Romulan characters on the show. Uh, but as far as Romulans go, I think he's the best Romulan we've ever seen. I mean, he walks onto the station, and he's a dick. He's a dick to everybody. And once he starts acting like he dick, a dick, you're like, oh, my God, I hope this guy gets what, you know, is coming to him. But that's, what, that's who Romulans are. They're arrogant pricks. And this guy... This guy was perfect. I mean, he's the quintessential Romulan. Uh, that being said, uh, if this is a real fight, then Ben Sisko actually wins because Ben Sisko actually, ben, he's not even worth Ben Sisko's time. He actually has Garrick do it for him because, you know, he doesn't care. So, Ben Sisko. Benjamin Lafayette Sisko gets another vote. Mike? Uh, I, I will just say right now if Sisko doesn't make it to the final four, uh, we have done uh, something horrible here. So, Cisco. Would it, would it be an injustice? It would be a hate crime. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> uh, Miles, is it a clean sweep? I don't know Cisco? against what, but against humanity. Um, I agree with Josh's comments about uh, Vrenak. Uh, he was the ultimate Romulan, but we only saw him once. Um, we could talk hours about how great Ben Cisco is, but I'll just say my vote is for Cisco. And Cisco is into the next round and we are on to our next fight. And there was actually supposed to be a, a Romulan presence in season six or was it season seven with reoccurring Roman Romulans, but they dropped that. Wasn't that with the uh, cloaking device? Wasn't there like initially a Romulan on the, the, on the the defiant? That's what it was. It was the Romulan on the defiant to monitor the cloaking device. They need someone to switch it on and off. Yeah, but they they dropped that thread. Well, during the Dominion War, there was also a a Romulan liaison that used to, uh, I guess, uh, 
hang with uh was uh, the admiral um admiral ross yes admiral ross she was she was in maybe a couple episodes yeah they killed her uh they killed her in um this uh the one that where the in war the rules fall silent the latin one yeah they they killed her she was in like two episodes or so yeah, yeah. but anyway on to our next fight george this one is yours it is Ezri Dax versus Inabrin Tane. Damn. Hmm. <sighs> Ezri Dax and Inabrin Tane. Yeah. You know what? I, I think, uh, at least from what I hear, a lot of people either hate or don't like Ezri Dax. Um, I... I never hated her. I think uh, I I didn't like the way Jadzia Dax went out, but I guess we'll we'll get to that in another <laughs> soon enough. But Ezri Dax, she's okay. Um, she came in what the last season. Yep. Uh, and an Obertine. Uh, we. Relationship between him and Garrick uh, turned out to be really interesting. You know, we find out that Navratane is Garrick's real father. He, uh, he was Garrick's mentor, um, and uh, the actor who played Navratane is a good character actor too. I, I don't recall his name at all at this moment. Um, it's Paul but, Dooley. Paul Dooley, okay. Um, and um, I think just keeping it short and sweet, um, you know, I, it's almost a little tough. I like Ezri. She's she's my kind of chick. She's little cutesy, short-haired, girl-next-door kind of look. But we're talking about characters. Uh, I think Anabrantane uh, is what comes out on top for me. I vote for Tane. Josh. All right. I kind of, I have a feeling where this is going. So I'm going to have to throw out my Ezri Dax argument right now. Uh, I hated her at first. And then when I rewatched the series, uh, one thing stood out to me is that she was a trill, but she, uh, she wasn't planning to be joined. She was just living her life as a trill. And they had to put the Dax symbiont in her. So she didn't have a choice uh, whether or not she wanted to be joined. And when you take, when you look at it that way and you say, well, here's a person who's like, she's kind of got multiple personalities. She doesn't know what's going on. She, you know, she's like, I used to like this. Now I don't because this person hated it. And, and she's got all these personalities inside of her. And that would be a really hard thing to deal with. And I think that's it didn't get to, they didn't get to explore that. And I really think that that would have been an, a pretty cool storyline. Um, and I don't think the actress did a very bad job with it either. I think, you know, I think she did a good job kind of relaying that confusion um, and kind of being scared and trying to like realize who you are now and find your niche. Um, and, 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 you know, Tane's kind of, he's, he's got this big, it's like a legend, you know, when it comes down to it, the guy's a dick, you know, he had a son and he never acknowledged him. And, you know, he admits that he, you know, thought about killing him at one time because it was a weakness. Um, you know, so I'm going against all the, the Esri Dax hate. Hopefully I can sway somebody. Uh, so I'm going with Esri. 
a vote for Esri. Mike? Uh, I am also going to vote for Esri. Um, and this is not a vote against uh, Tane. Tane is a, is a great character. Um, Esri... I think that a lot of the, the hate towards Esri is because she's not Jadzia. But, you know, everybody on this list other than Jadzia is not Jadzia, and we're not holding that against them. Um, they were in a difficult situation. They didn't want to put Esri on the show. They had no choice. They had to, you know, the Terry Farrell left. They could have either just, you know, taken the character out of the show entirely um, or or do what they did. They also could have made the the next uh, trill into just a Jadzia clone, and they didn't. They deliberately went in a very, very different direction, which is a ballsy thing to do in your last season, uh, basically taking a character and and spinning it in the opposite direction. I mean, maybe maybe they, they would have been better off if they would have just had whatever trill it is gone and, and, and not even tried to continue, but, but I admire the fact that they tried to do something ballsy and do a very, very different... Dax and kind of remind us that there is a difference between uh, Dax and Jadzia and that each one of them is, is, is unique. Um, so because I think it's a daring choice with, with uh, Tane, they, they had the luxury of creating a character for a story because he served a purpose in the story with Esri. They were filling a hole in the cast that they probably rather would have not had to fill. Um, and because they were in a difficult situation, and I think they came up with a, a, a good solution that, uh, unfortunately, a lot of fans uh, just just didn't want to embrace because they like Jadzia so much. So I will vote for Esri. Another vote for Esri. Miles? I think the concept of Esri was good, but I don't think the execution was. And I don't hate Esri, but she just didn't really work for me. But when uh, Tane was on screen... He was creepy, he was sleazy, but he was great to watch. Um, love the first time I saw him when when Bashir was asked to try to get information to help Garrick out. And just, just how duplicitous he was, the masks he was wearing. Um, so I, I have to give it to Tane. A vote for Nabrin Tane. It is all tied up. Comes down to me. Um... Nabrantane is in probably because he's in four or five episodes. I can't remember. It's four episodes. He's in four episodes. Those are probably in my top 20 of all Star Trek episodes. Hell, they might even be close to, you know, they're in my top 15 because they're two parters and they're fucking awesome. They are great episodes. Uh, I love the shit out of Nabrantane. Uh, he makes Garrick better. He makes Worf better. He makes everything better. I like Anabrantane. But they did not fail with Esri Dax. I, I think the execution was perfect because when you actually look back at all the history of Dax that they give you and the trill that they give you is the things that you know. You need years and years and years of training before you can even get a Dax symbiote so you can stay yourself when you get one. Uh, you, you, there, there's so many things that you have to go through that she didn't, and then relay, and then she relays it on screen. Uh, she has trouble separating out things. She has trouble with this. She does little ticks and things that are in the performance that you don't notice. Like she does the hands behind her back thing. They all did the hands behind their back thing because that's a Dax trait. Like there, there's small things that they brought that she brought to that role 
and I love the shit out of Avery Dax, and I love by the end of the show, she is complete. She is not broken. The, the, her first episode, she is definitely broken, and by the end, she is not. Uh, that is character growth all day long. I'm going to go with Esri Dax. Esri Dax is into the next round. Can I add something real quick no. about Esri Dax? Because we get to talk about her next round when she gets crushed by Benjamin Sisko. <laughs> We're oh, okay. on to our next fight. Oh, good point. Cool. Um, cool. Josh, this one is yours. It is Kai Wynn versus the female changeling. <sighs> All right. Um, th- this is one thing I-, I understand why you have to do this, but like, why do all the changelings have to look like Odo when he tries to look like a human? Uh, and it's obviously because they need to separate them, but that kind of got on my nerves. Um, I'm not voting for the female changeling. I'm voting for Kai Wen. And I- <sighs> boy, you know, I really have like one big argument for her and I don't want to waste it, but um she is such a great character. I mean, she is like, she is the anti Ducat, but at the same time, she's the same character as Ducat. She's just on the other side. Um, and I don't know if, I don't know. I mean, I guess, I guess we'll find out what other people think, but I don't think she gets enough credit for the part that she plays because she is also a huge protagonist on the show, but you don't think that because she's not, she's not on the, the, the bad guys. She's not on the, you know, the, the bad side. Um, so Kai Win, I'll vote for Kai Win, Mike. Uh, th- this is really tough because it really is the the two uh, main female antagonists. Um, both are uh, leaders of their people. Both are doing what they feel is best for their people. Um, Kai Win is a great villain. And I think Louise Fletcher, I believe that's the actress's name. Uh, her performance is amazing. And I hate, absolutely hate Kai Wynn. And not in because she's a bad character. I hate her because they the things that she does make me hate her. Um, and, and that's what they're, they're trying to do. They, they, they probably, no character in Deep Space Nine is more effective at making me feel the emotion that the character is supposed to make me feel uh, other than Kai Wynn. But I, I, at least at the moment, I'm going to go for the female changeling because, uh, the downside of that with Kai Wynn is I also felt no sympathy for the character, no connection to the character, uh, even though she proclaimed to be doing what she was doing for her people. And I believe she thought she was doing, uh, right for her people. Um, I, I, I never really thought that that was the case. Whereas with the female changeling, I think, I think that's, that's genuine. I think the female changeling is right. If I were a changeling, I would have the same attitude. Um, it, it's the, the old Magneto was right. Um, if you are a mutant, you should be on Magneto's side because the humans will try to kill you. Uh, and the same thing with the changeling. They, they went through terrible things because the people hated and feared them. Uh, so they did what they had to do to survive and, uh, and honestly, I think they they probably made the made the right choice from their perspective. If I was one of them, I would have chosen the same thing. Um, and the female changeling, the Odo thing was strange. I get it. Uh, they needed to do something to give them a, a visual continuity. Um, but uh, it, it was strange. But I, I I don't know something about that character. Very commanding presence on screen too. Um, and it's a character I could kind of sympathize with. So I will go with the female changeling. Uh, vote for the. Female changeling, Miles. As I'm saying, I'm not sure who I'm going to vote for because 
both of them were such great characters. Uh, I'm not sure Kai Wynn actually... Maybe at one time she was trying to help her people, but then after a while, it was just it was all about her. I mean, which which we saw in season seven after she converted to the pa rates, and and she was willing to let her own people die to set the set the pa rates free. But I thought she did um, insincerity and disingenuousness like no other. Uh, she just she pulled it off. Um, like like somebody else said, the female changeling. She had such a commanding presence. Um, I remember in season seven, her grabbing uh, Leggett broke his throat, and you know when there's Cardassians destroying stuff, and and then she finally says, "Kill the Cardassians!" And William says, uh, um, "I forget how exactly it went out, but he said who?" And she goes, "No, all of them. Uh, uh, who to who to pick? Um, I'm going to go with Kai Win. A vote for Kai Win." Um, the reason the female changeling looked the way she did, uh, she says it to Odo. It's because it's what they're comfortable with and it's what you're comfortable with. Uh, they actually gave a reason for that. And, and, and it was because it, it was comfortable for the people who were dealing with them. Um, God damn it. You know, I, I, I was going in thinking it's not a hard fight. And then Miles had to go and do that. Fuck Sorry. You, Miles. <laughs> God damn it. Because I was all day Kai went because... She she does really start out thinking that she knows what's right for her people. And eventually, because we watch her long enough, we understand that it's not about her people and it's about her. But she never really, she's almost always, up until the Pahareth, she's, as hell, up until she kills her manservant. Up until that moment, she's still there for, for uh, Bajor. That's what she thinks. She thinks this is right for Bajor even though most Bajorans or the Bajorans that we saw didn't think it was right, she wouldn't have attained the, the, the leadership role, religious leadership role that she had if, if the, at least the majority or close to the majority were in favor of Kai Wen and what she was saying. Uh, yeah, we know that she's an evil bitch. And the fact that I, I, the, the day I realized it was when I was watching Louise Fletcher playing a, a, a nice grandmother and something else. And I was just like, I fucking hate you. And I was like, oh, my God, that's because of Kai Wen. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. She's amazing. And when, when I had to go back and it popped into my head. So it, it was a much harder fight than it, it should have been. But, yeah, it's Kai Wen. I got to go with Kai Wen. Uh, George? Um, I really like both these characters. Um, of course, Kai Wen. You know, we we know her from from the beginning, uh, all the way to the end. Um, I think that I think that Kai Wen. Uh, it, it's been said already that you know she's you know she's a she's a really good uh, antagonist, uh, a real thorn a real thorn in the side of many of our, uh, our other regular crew characters, Cisco and Kira. And, um, and I have to admit there were shows where I hated her, but then on the, there were other shows or other storylines like, man, I really feel sorry for her. And just, uh, the way she sees things, I, I mean, you can tell that she's such an insecure 
person, weak uh, and weak willed. And and I think that all the way up until the end, she had a chance to redeem herself. But of course, we know that she chose not to. She didn't. She could have done. There were many times she could have done the right thing all the way up until the end, but she doesn't. Uh, the female changeling, uh, she's pretty badass. Um, you know, she she's resolute. You know, she uh, she has no qualms about what she thinks and how things should be. She's the epitome of the dominion, bringing order to chaos. That's what she's about. And um, what's your vote? My vote. Uh, I was trying to talk my way through it, but <laughs> Kai win. A vote for Kai win. Kai win is into the next round. We are on to our next fight, Mike. This one is yours. It should be easy, hard, maybe. It is Bashir versus Damar. Uh, this is actually pretty easy for me. Uh, Damar. Uh, eventually became a uh, a pretty interesting character um and uh you know he started and that, he's a great example of something that deep space 9 uh did not only better than any other star trek show but better than most shows on television is take characters who were basically just uh there to be the guy who someone says something to or hands something to uh, you know, he's really was not crafted to be, uh, anything other than the secondhand man sort of guy, uh, and then turn him into a really fully realized character, give them, give them an arc, give them, uh, strengths and weaknesses. Um, but Bashir is, is just a great character. I mean, he was a great character from beginning to end. I, they changed what they did with him. Uh, they changed his direction, but I think, uh, I think it was less a matter of they thought it wasn't working and more a matter of they just wanted to do something a little different, a little daring and address something. Um, so yeah, I mean, Bashir is, a, is an example of a, a, an interesting, well-crafted character, uh, from beginning to end. Uh, whereas Damar is someone who eventually became a, a good character, but just does not have, uh, nearly as much going for him. So Bashir. A vote for Bashir. Uh, Miles. This will be an easy one for me. Uh, Bashir, as far as a doctor on Star Trek, he's not one of my favorites. Um, he just doesn't resonate with me. Um, I know Damar was, he, he, he was a supporting character, but I liked, liked seeing his growth and change throughout season seven. And him, you know, his, I, we, I don't know. For me, I wasn't seeing it that he was going to be become the leader of the Cardassian resistance, um, and so I like what, I like what they did with with Demar. So my vote's for Demar. A vote for Demar. Uh, Demar was a consummate patriot. I love I love that about Demar. He was ne- he never changed sides. He was always for Cardassia, but because we were seeing it from the outer perspective, it seemed like he changed sides from the Dominion, and, and to, to the Ration. But he doesn't. He's always for Cardassia and, the best, uh, and what was best for Cardassia, and, and that's what made him great. But uh, 
Yeah, Bashir is Bashir. And I know he doesn't get a lot of love, and I know he, he falls down really far on as Starfleet Doctors, but for most of the shows, <coughs> excuse me, uh, up until up until the Doctor, uh, up until uh, Bashir, the Doctor is usually an integral thing with the Captain, has something to do with the Captain, but this Doctor didn't. He was a field a Doctor on the frontier. We keep forgetting that Deep Space Nine was the ass end of the galaxy. Like it's where people go to end their careers. That was that's what you do there or start them. Like that was that was it. There was no in real in between, and then the wormhole pops up, and all of a sudden it's a huge hub. But Bashir goes from being a snot-nosed kid to becoming a fully realized man, having to make hard decisions: who lives, who dies. You know, I love the shit out of Bashir, so I'm gonna I'm gonna cut myself short and go Bashir, George. Um. Damaris okay, um, but he's he's not as important as Bashir uh, as a character. Um, Bashir is not my favorite doctor, but I just on matter of importance, I I'm voting for Bashir. Another vote for Bashir, Josh. Uh, is it tied up or is is Bashir winning here? Uh, I would have said it was all tied up. So Bashir is winning. Bashir is winning right now. Uh, so I, I can't do anything to make uh, Damar win. So I will just go ahead and make this argument for him. Uh, he's the underdog here. Uh, not the underdog in that he's on the losing side, but he's the underdog because he's along for the ride with Ducat. He finds himself in power and he becomes a drunk and a womanizer. And he drinks and he drinks and he drinks and all the while, the Dominion, you know, throw Cardassians out there as cannon fodder. They're just, you know, they're just at the Dominion's disposal. And one day he realizes, oh, shit, like, you know, you know, they're, they're just using us. He turns around. He does the 12 steps, like, in one day and becomes, like, Cardassia's savior. Um, and he's a dick and he's a bad guy. But, you know, I, I, I was rooting for him at the end. Because uh, he was doing the right thing. So, Damar. A uh, vote for Damar. But Dr. Bashir, Julian Bashir, is into the next round. We are on to our next fight. Miles, this one is yours. I don't know. This one might be hard, too. It is Jake Sisko versus Jadzia Dax. Right. I mean, with, uh, with, with, with Jake, it was in- interesting seeing bring a teenager on the show and... and Interesting that he didn't want to follow his father's footsteps. Um, but uh, I, I like Jed Zia. She was just a very layered character. Um, she just, her, her, her interest with, with, with Klingon culture, she had a lust for life. Um, my vote's for Jed Zia. A vote for Jadzia. Uh, you know, I like Jadzia. She's okay. Not my favorite. Not my least favorite. Um, I like Jake a lot. And, and I, I think it's because he's a Federation citizen. All, all these other shows, you always have Starfleet officers, Starfleet this, Starfleet that. Jake Sisko is a Federation citizen. 
That's all he ever is from beginning to the end of the show. And you get to see the, the growth of him going from being a child into being becoming figuring out what he wanted to be uh, a Federation citizen. He wanted to be a writer. He didn't. There was never any question of him following his father's footsteps. He never wanted to do it. And, and the fact that his father was like, it didn't pressure him to do that. That was great. I love that about Jake Sisko. And, and some of the best episodes of Deep Space Nine are Jake Sisko centric. Uh, and I'm going to say the visitor, and you're going to go, that's not Jake Sisko, but that is Jake Sisko. That's a part of Jake Sisko that we all love, even though it was played by somebody different. It's still Jake Sisko. And, and I will say that the beginning half of that episode is still really good, too, with, with normal Jake, young Jake. So I'm going to go oh. with uh, Jake Sisko. George? Um, this was a little tough. Um, Jake Six, uh, Jake, he, he's not my He's not my favorite, uh, but at least he's not Wesley Crusher. And um, and I think I think having him on the show did add something uh, pretty cool. Um, but uh, Jetzia, I love Jetzia. She, I thought she was the best. Um, I like her storyline. I like. Uh, her the way she's interested in and knows Klingon culture. So, and so I'm gonna I'm gonna vote for Jadzia. Uh, vote for Jadzia, Josh. All right. Uh, I think the Jake Cisco hate goes a, a little too far. Uh, that being said, uh, when I was a kid and uh, I was watching Deep Space Nine. Uh, they had the episode where uh, Jake and his dad and Quark and Nug get lost in the uh, the Gamma Quadrant and were introduced to Dominion. Now, uh, they go to look for him and they send the Odyssey, which is a galaxy-class starship. And as a kid, I'm like, oh, yeah, they're sending a galaxy-class starship in there. It's going to fuck somebody up. They're going to know we're serious. And it was the exact opposite. The Dominion come in and just destroy it like a, a hot knife through butter. And I was like, oh, God, you know this is an epic episode. Like this is going to change Star Trek forever. Cause these guys are such an imposing and vicious enemy. And then, uh, I bought everything on DVD and I went to watch it and I was so excited for that episode. And then I realized kid Jake was in it and it completely, he completely ruined that episode for me, um, as an adult. And just for that reason alone, I can't vote for him. So I'm going with Jadzia Dax. A uh, vote for Jadzia and Mike. Uh, I I love Jake Sisko. I I think he is uh, certainly the best uh, child character uh, on on Starfleet or in Star Trek, and and one of the best child characters uh, in in certainly in uh, in genre fiction at least. Um, and he offers a perspective that the audience can have, um, but. Uh, he didn't fuck no Klingons, so I will vote for Jedzia. Yeah, he did. Yeah, what he Klingons did. did you fuck? I don't know. Just making it up. I want Jake Sisko to go through because Jedzia is fucking boring. You guys suck. You just like looking at her butt and her fake boobs. But Jedzia, <laughs> Dax, is moving into the next round. We are on to our next fight. This one's hard for me. It is Worf versus Rom, and I know what you're saying. How could Worf versus Rom be hard for you? Worf sucked before deep space nine he did 
and his and his growth and the way he changes, he he becomes an amazing character on Deep Space Nine. And he's the doorway for anybody who hasn't actually watched Deep Space Nine, but watched Next Generation. If if they have watched Next Generation, not Deep Space Nine, because they didn't like it. Season four, watch with Worf. Worf, uh, Worf is the perfect gateway for for Deep Space Nine for other people. But um, I love Rom. Uh, his character development from being a dummy, <laughs> like this is all character and growth of the Ferengi race, and. And he has a, a huge part of it too. God damn it, we love the fuck out of Ferengis. Has a Ferengi lost a fight yet? No, a Ferengi has not lost a fight yet. God damn it. Ah, I want to vote for War, but I want to vote for Rom too. I'm going to vote for. You can always just change your vote. I'm going to change my vote. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to vote for Worf right now. Maybe change it back to Rom later. I don't know. Uh, George. Um, I like Ferengis. I've said it before, but in my opinion, Worf, Worf is Worf is the man. He's more important than than Rom is. Um, and I think that Worf, when he when when he came. To DS9, I think it it changed a lot on that show. It opened up a lot more story, great story arcs uh, involving him and involving Klingons. So, based on that, I'm going with Worf. Another vote for Worf, Josh. Uh, at first, I wanted to put the station on the list, and my wife told me that that's stupid, that the station is a set, it's a prop, it's it's not a character. So I took it off, because I do what my wife tells me, and then I realized that Worf is on the list, and that's all Worf is. Worf is just a, a prop. Uh, Worf has been in the most episodes of Star Trek than any other character, <laughs> and Nog may be on like the bottom half of that list for reoccurring characters, and Nog had more character development. You mean Rom? Like, I'm sorry, Rom. More character development uh, in, in like two seasons than Worf will ever have. Uh, Worf was given a child in The Next Generation. He was given a wife in Deep Space Nine. Um, his his son kind of left him and went to do his own thing. His wife was killed. And, uh, you know, he's the same guy. He's the same Worf that was in The Next Generation that, that ended Deep Space Nine. He really just, he's, he's, he's Worf. You know, he, nothing ever changes. Uh, he was put into Deep Space Nine to, to drive the plot with the Klingons. Um, you know, so in that, in that sense, he's no better than Zial. He's just there to drive something. Um, and I know people love Worf and, you know, he's the Klingon, but, you know, he's not even that good of a Klingon. Like, Klingons have emotion and he, you know, he just, yeah, I know he gets mad sometimes, but he's just, I don't know, he's, he's a bore. Um, and he really actually is my least favorite character on Deep Space Nine. Um, so I'm going to go with Rom. Another vote for Rom. Wow. Uh, it's all tied up. Comes down to I'm, either, Miles. Which yeah, one takes the win? I didn't vote. Oh, you didn't vote? Oh, wait, Mike, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, this this is tough. Um, and uh, I actually, I, I don't think Worf was a terrible character on Next Generation. He started off as a terrible character, but many of them did. By, I think, the fifth season... 
uh, he had uh, he had become a, a very solid next gen character. Um, but I think when he came to Deep Space Nine, uh, he was just that much better that maybe it makes it it makes that character on a next gen look bad by comparison. But I think just taken on its own, the next the next gen Worf in the last few years was was a really solid character. Other than him not being able to beat anybody that wasn't a Klingon, um, and, and his character—I thought there was a lot of character growth on on Deep Space Nine. I mean, he goes from being—he—I uh, he, think in Deep Space Nine is where he really does learn to be a Starfleet officer. He—he—he uh, he, he struggled with it. He always kind of—I think—had posed that way, but when he came to Deep Space Nine, that's when he really, I think, learned. Uh, what it meant to be uh, Starfleet. Um, that being said, I'm I'm still voting for Rom. Uh, definitely a a much bigger character arc. Um, it, it it was forced in some moments, but but I think just the the charm of of the actor is it is that Max Grodencheck? Yep. Um, really came through. Um. And I think it would have been easy for that character to fall into parody, uh, and it certainly danced on that line. But somehow, again, because this is a character that maybe his imperfections are ones that that we can identify with a little bit more, uh, that that just made him kind of interesting. Um, plus, he gets the Dabo girl, and and then I just have three words for you: Grand Negus Rom. So at the end of Deep Space Nine. He is the one left with the most potential. He is going to transform and single-handedly evolve the Ferengi race. That's some pretty big stuff. So, Rom. It is now all tied up. It comes down to you, Miles. Which one takes the win? Um, this is actually a tough one, but I, I have made my choice. Uh, as you all said, Rom had a... He kind of started out as a parody and kind of comic relief, but... But as the brilliance of the actor, we saw some some real heart there, and we got to see him rise above his circumstances. To you know, he he left the safety of his brother's business, and you know, became one of O'Brien's engineers. And then, um, as just been said, he ends up being Grand the Grand Negus. But I got to go with Worf. Worf, uh, I, I Worf is a you know, yeah, he's not the best Klingon. He's he's a paper Klingon. He's a guy who wasn't raised by Klingons. He was raised by human parents, and so he's trying to be Klingon the best way he can, and uh, which which is in conflict. Um, but we see him get discommendated in um, Next Gen, and we see him get you know brought back later. But then we get to see him discommendated again um, in Deep Space Nine. But um, and we we see him become more of a Starfleet officer, like it was said. And you see, okay, this is somebody who you could see maybe a, a captain of a starship someday. Um, and this is the guy who could have, um, you know, he, you know, he, he, he killed Gowron and could have been, the, he could have been the chancellor of the Klingon uh, Empire, but he knew that he wasn't the man for it. And uh, he, he knew who was. And so he, you know, put the uh, cape of leadership on uh, Martok. And so, my vote is for Worf. And War goes through. And I almost changed my vote, but then I remembered that Worf killed a kid when he was a kid. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> and that happened on Deep Space Nine. So Worf is going through 
Into the next round. You know, round. when he was young, Rom would have sold tickets. Yeah, Rom would have sold tickets. But it doesn't matter. Worf is into the next round. We are on to our next fight. George, this one is yours. Uh, it should be an easy one. It is Morn versus Galron. Hmm. Well, let's see what we have here. We have a Klingon Chancellor or a Barfly with no lines. Hmm. I think I'm uh, Morn's cool. He's but he's more of wallpaper. Uh, you know, it's kind of a running. To me, he seems like more of a running joke. Yeah, Morn. He's hangs out at Quarks. So. Um, I've always liked Galron, even from the um, the TNG show when we first meet him. So, uh, I'm going to go with Galron, him and his big buggy eyes. Well, that is an offense I cannot forgive. <laughs> oh, forget! Um, <laughs> <Josh>. <laughs> Uh, I love how, like, even if Galron's talking to you in, like, a nice, calm conversation, like, everything he says is with emphasis on, like, the first <laughs> consonant. Like, uh, yeah, it, it's cool that Morn is Norm backwards, and that's that's an homage to Norm from Cheers. Um, but unfortunately, that's not going to get him into the next round. You have to have crazy bug eyes to get yourself into the next round, and Galron's <laughs> got those. Galron. A vote for Galron. Mike. Uh, I absolutely love Galron. I've sung his praises before. Um, the actor, uh, was it Robert O'Reilly or Robert Riley? Something like that. O'Reilly. O'Reilly. He even did a bumper for our show, which uh, hopefully we can, uh, we can put, uh, in, in this episode. Uh, I, I adore his crazy Klingon eyes. I love the Klingons, but I'm going to vote for Morn for, for one reason, uh, you mentioned that that it is uh, just an anagram of Norm, uh, and you know there's always the joke that he he has no lines, but everybody talks about how how he just won't shut up. Uh, there's only one episode that focuses on him, and it's the episode that happens after he has supposedly died. Uh, but the reason I'm going to vote for him is because this that is quintessentially a Deep Space Nine character, uh, Galron is not fundamentally different than any other crazy change or crazy Klingon leader. Um, that's the role that every Klingon leader pretty much, you know, is going to play. Uh, I guess Gorkhan didn't, but he died. Um, Morn is a, 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 like the, the whole thing with him being Norm and, and, you know, the bar and, you know, we talked about cheers a lot in our best uh, theme song episode and, and, you know, Cheers is about the place, just like Deep Space Nine is about the place. It's about this cast of characters. It's about these people who are there week in and week out. It's not about going out and adventuring. It's about what's happening there on the station, in the place, in the bar. You know, Deep Space Nine is a place where everyone knows your name, or at least Quarks is. Uh, so that's something that, that that's a character you're not going to get on original track. It's a character you're not going to get on next generation it's character you're not going to get on voyager enterprise the only place you get morn is on deep space nine so in terms of being what is the best deep space nine character uh it's morn because pretty much there's a version of of uh of galron not just uh all over star trek but hell all over science fiction television 
So even though I love the character, there's really nothing unique about him. So, Morn. Uh, vote for Morn. Mike. I'm going to change my uh, vote right now. Mike well, swayed me that much. Another vote for Morn. Miles. Um, I, I like Morn for all the reasons that have just been shared. I like what he was, and I but nice to have heard some of the dialogue he had, but I guess that's in deleted scenes, which we're never going to see. But um, I, I like Garon. Garon was a very uh, almost human Klingon in some ways. We saw that in season seven, where he took over the uh, um, the war effort from Martok. And I love this one line where it was after this one battle, Martok is in the infirmary and Cisco is chewing him out and and Garon's like uh, he's supposed to survive you know I mean uh, like uh, no big deal um, I, w- I don't know if it was meant to be funny but I laughed at it um, love this bug eyes and so yeah I'm Garon uh, vote for Garon it is all tied up it comes down to me um Galron is a next generation character, uh, beginning to end, uh, it, it, until he dies on Deep Space Nine. That character does not change. He is the same guy that they created for Next Generation. Uh, Morn, his character does grow and develop, and he never says a line. He grows and develops because they tell stories about him in in the secondhand stories, like, "Oh my God, Morn was talking all the time." Did you see him on the double wheel? He won tons of money. Like, there was all kinds of information being spit out about Morn that Morn developed into a character that never said a word. And he's in almost every... I think he... Wait, is he in every episode? He's in almost every episode of Deep Space Nine. He's walking around the background. He's doing something. And my favorite... One of my favorite episodes is Who Mourns for Morn. He's got two stomachs. I didn't know that. Wait, no, he's got four stomachs. That was pretty good. You know, I I love the I love the shit out of Morn, and he never says a line, and I, and that's one of the things I love about him. Even though he's supposed to be one of the most talkative characters on the show, I'm gonna vote for Morn, and Morn is into the next round. We are on to our next fight. Oh, it's the last fight of the first round, Josh. This one is yours. It's an unknown. It is Luther Sloan versus Jared's pick. Let's see, who is it? It would be the only other Ferengi that isn't on the list. It is Liquidator Brunt. So all the Ferengis made the goddamn list. Uh, Josh, that's yours. Uh, you know, it, I think Brunt and uh, Sloan are, are two in the same because it seems like they'll be on whoever's side to kind of survive. They'll do whatever it takes to survive. Um, you know, Brunt's always kissing ass to the person who he thinks is going to to give him something or, or, or get him by. Um, and Sloan seems like the kind of guy who would, you know, sell somebody out just to stay alive. Um, eh, boy, <clears throat> this is tough because I really, I don't really have a, a strong opinion about either of them. Um, but you know what? I don't think a Ferengi's lost a fight so far, and I want to keep him undefeated in the first it. round. Oh, he didn't make it? That's bullshit. Uh, Worf, I beat him. Oh, that's even bigger. Uh <laughs> You know, I like the I like the idea of Section Thirty One. Uh, I don't know how well it was actually pulled off with Sloan, um, but I'll go ahead and go with Sloan. Uh, vote for Sloan, Mike. I knew Jared was gonna fuck me like this. Um, I love Sloan, and uh, I love the fact that he is the side of Starfleet that 
we didn't get to see before the the part that you know part of you always kind of thought if this were realistic uh there would be something like this um i i even love the fact that at some point there's even a question is is there really a section 31 or is it just you know him on a personal vendetta or whatever um you know he's he's the ultimate super spy his secrets have secrets to uh, quote tony stark from the avengers uh and, and I, 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 if Rom had gone through, certainly would, I would, I would vote for the the Ferengi slam dunk, uh, but he didn't. But he still, because Wayun didn't go through, I, I want to see Jeffrey Combs go through. And the Magnificent Ferengi is one of my all time favorite episodes. So even though I really, really wanted to vote for Sloan, I think I'm going to vote for Brunt. A uh, vote for Brunt, Miles. Yeah, like I said. Uh... My thought, I was referring to Sloan when you had Eddington up. Um, Sloan is the, takes, takes his patriotism to a dangerous level um, where he, Section 31, will, will do whatever it takes to preserve the Federation, whether that be uh, so ethical or not. Um, but I got to give some Jeffrey Combs love. Um, whatever, whatever character he did was, was, was gold and... Um, as already been shared, yeah, he, both these guys, well, Brunt will do whatever it takes to, you know, survive. And, uh, I, I like what he did when he, when, when he, he and others think that Quarker's going to be the new Nega. So I mean, he is practically kissing his butt. I mean, and, and, and he needs to because the way he screwed Quark out a few times. Um, but it's, it's always enjoyable watching him, watching him do that. So, it, it it's uh, it's brunt a vote for brunt ah you guys suck but uh god damn it both of them are patriots too that's the thing uh, you know uh, oh oh uh brunt is just out for himself but that's what the fringies were about that's how the fringies operated you know get he's, yours and- he's like the most ferengi of all ferengis uh, he really is yeah uh, but losing Sloan is the most human, and I, and I do like the fact that you don't know whether or not Sloan was actually with Section Thirty One. If Section Thirty One actually existed, you don't know. You, you you just maybe it's all a lie. Maybe it's not. I love that aspect of Sloan. God damn it! But I do like the fact that Jeffrey Combs is the only actor in Star Trek history to play two characters, two different characters in the same episode. I'm pretty sure. Because there is an episode uh, uh, the it, where Brunt and Wayun are in the same episode, but uh, uh, God damn it! And I'm not counting voiceovers. I'll tie it up. Yeah, I'm a jerk. I'll vote for Luther Sloan. No, I'm going to vote for Liquidator Brunt. I'm going to vote for Brunt. I I I, I couldn't. I couldn't. Uh, George. Um, I. I always liked the idea of Section Thirty One, and um, I thought I thought Sloan pulled it off pretty well, or the actor who played Sloan. Um, I, I liked the character and the storylines, um, but I always loved it when Brunt shows up because he walks in the door. He says, "Brunt, F C A," and he says it with such indignity and and authority and 
he always has Quark shaking in his boots. And I love it when Brunt shows up because it just tickles me. It makes me laugh so much. So um, I'm voting for Brunt. And liquidated Brunt is into the next round. Uh, we'll be back right after this, maybe. This is going to be so long. Ah, Traveler, welcome to the promenade. Humble Quark at your service. Behold, Star Trek Deep Space Nine action figures. Commander Benjamin Sisko, he helps me run the station. And Security Chief Odo, very strict and sneaky for someone so honest. Here's Lieutenant Dax, Chief O'Brien, and Major Kira Nerys. I happen to know she's crazy about me. Wonderful, aren't they? Especially this one. So handsome. Pains me to part with it, but if you pay me now, ah, security. What a pleasant surprise. Good evening, Geek Fights fans. Of course, this is Alan, Geek Fights' most handsome and most talented guest panelist, talking to you live from the mailroom. And though I would normally be pissed off that I was not on a show with a topic as cool as best Deep Space Nine character, I would normally take this opportunity to crank out a witty, funny, and highly entertaining Geek Fights mailbag episode. But instead, I'm going to take this opportunity to throw a very special shout out for one of my favorite podcasts of all time. And of course, that is the podcast dedicated to all things Deep Space Nine, the Gamma Quadrant. Having recently completed their original mission to review each episode of Star Trek Deep Space Nine in the order it was broadcast, the original reviews are finished, but the show is not. And while there are a lot of other Star Trek episode review shows, the Gamma Quadrant has firmly established that they are the gold standard. Seth, Valerie, and Ryan, thank you very, very much for an incredible body of work. And if you'd like more information on the Gamma Quadrant podcast, you can find them online at gammaquadrant.lipson.com. You can also find them on the iTunes store under the Gamma Quadrant. Please make sure to leave them a review. Hey, this is Lisa. And this is Jen. And we're from RC CrossFit in Riverside, California. And you're listening to Geek Fights. And we're back doing what we do every single week. Coming at you with Jared Formby Trademark Geek Cred. Uh, let's start with you there, Josh. What is your geek cred? Uh, gosh, you know what? I, this is my third time on the show, so that's probably all the geek cred I, I need in life ever. But um, I'll keep it show specific. Um, a huge Star Trek guy, um, and more specifically Deep Space Nine, uh, because when I started watching Star Trek, uh, I was able to watch it from beginning to end when I was uh, twelve years old, all the way up till uh, when I was in college. Um, and I actually had a cutout of Quark life size in my room until I was 23. Um, and if that, uh, if that doesn't make me, uh, a geek, I don't know what does. Thank you very much. George Jackson. What is your geek cred, sir? Yes, sir. Um, well, uh, uh, I'm a fan of all Star Trek. Um, been loving it since. Since I was little, and it first, and with the next generation uh, came out in 1987. Um, I love Star Wars too, 
So you can be a fan of both. Um, I think a lot of a lot more people are than they admit. Um, I guess part of my geek cred, uh, I love to read. I've been reading a lot of Star Wars. Um, this past year, I've read 10 Star Wars expanded universe novels. Uh, some of them were audiobooks, but uh, I've been really digging deep into Star Wars this year. Um, and uh, but even as a uh, as a geek, I've never been to a con of any kind. So one of my goals for this year uh, for 2013 is to attend a con of some kind. Um, and just one last thing, show how much of a geek I am. Um, just this morning, I had a dream. Uh, I woke up out of a dream where I met uh, the actor who played Q, John Delancey. And he charged me five bucks for a photo with him. And I woke up thinking, wow, that was a great deal. And I immediately t tweeted that dream with the hashtag, what geeks dream about. <laughs> so that's my geek cred. <laughs> uh, that was a great deal because he charges way more. Yeah, money. I was going to say. <laughs> I <bucks>. know. <laughs> it's like 40 bucks creation at least. <laughs> at least for a Q picture. Uh, Miles, what is your geek cred? Plug your show. Well, uh. I uh, co-host a podcast called the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast with my friend Scott Herzog. Um, I've been loving Star Trek uh, since since I was a little kid. Uh, I was around for when it came back in its second run back in the early '70s, and so Star Trek is very near and dear to my heart. Um, but as far as our podcast goes, we about about every two weeks we we, we get together, we do a podcast for the, the what's going on sci-fi news. Um, then uh, we'll have a, a sci-fi listener feedback show um when we can we try to get interviews with anybody we can actors producers writers um there's two local cons that are close to us in baltimore maryland uh, i'm in lancaster pennsylvania and uh, the cons usually because we're a podcast they'll often let us uh, have access to the guests and if the guests are willing we, we get a chance to interview them so we've been very fortunate to have some really great interviews with a lot of uh Notable guests in the sci-fi world, many in Star Trek. Thank you very much. And and here's a fun fact, because today is the new year, so happy new year. But two days from now, two, count them, is the 20th anniversary of Deep Space Nine. Uh, it, the, the first episode aired, at least the official air date, is January 3rd, 1993. So that's kind of why we're, we're doing Deep Space Nine and why we waited so long to do it. We didn't think we'd ever make it here. Yeah, we did. We didn't know. We didn't care. But hmm. let's get back into the fighting. Oh, yeah. And uh, C2E2. We're going to go to C2E2 this year. It's uh, April 26th through the 28th, something like that. It's the end of April, last weekend in April. Come to C2E2. Hang out with us. It's going to be fun. Let's jump back into the fights. Mike, this one is yours. It is an easy fight. It is Quark versus Nog. I... Uh... I mean, this is this is not easy. Uh, they both they're both very similar in terms of having uh, story arcs. Uh, they have similar story arcs. They both start off as, char as characters that I really didn't care for, and ended as characters I liked a lot. Uh, both 
are, are very it, quark is like kind of the quintessential Ferengi, but you know, Nog is is something else. He's actually more than that. He's actually better than the other Ferengi. Um, that being said, I I, I do think it's going to have to be Quark for me. Um, when I was thinking about this earlier, uh, thinking about the Quark versus Wayun, I just kept coming up with these Quark moments, and uh, and you know maybe that that's one of the great things about this show is is all these different moments and and uh, for me. Uh, one of the most important reasons is because uh, Quark fucked a Ferengi and uh, Nog didn't. Or fucked a Klingon and Nog didn't. A vote for Quark. Uh, Miles? Um, I voted for Nog last time, but I'm going to have to go with Quark. Uh, I mean, Quark, lively he was there for comedy relief, but there are times that he could get... Um, kind of philosophical. I remember that one episode might have been the Jem Hadar where uh, he he and Cisco are having that conversation and Quark takes Cisco to task as far as how, how they judge his culture and everything like that. And um, So I think Quark had, there's more layers to Quark. So gotta give it to Quark. A uh, vote for Quark. Um, Quark is great. Love the shit out of Quark. Love love Quark to death. One of my favorite characters of all time. But I never got to a point where I almost cried with Quark and and the uh, a Quark performance. Not that you know he didn't do great things. Armor Shimmerman did not do it. Didn't do great things with the character. Quark was great, but there are moments in it's only a paper moon where Nog is just killing me. Like oh my god just bringing just so much emotion and i'm sure well i would hope that people show it to other people who are, are suffering from that kind of stress post-traumatic stress you know that the, the, the thing is nog was in war and it fucked him up it's not just physical physical scars it's emotional scars and nog wore them well and continues to wear them well because he got over it um I've got to go with Nog. Love you, Quark, but I'm going Nog. George? Man, Damien, you make a persuasive argument there for Nog. Um, uh, uh, Quark, Quark, Quark's a character who, who, who really doesn't change throughout the series. Quark is who, Quark is who he is. And, um, and Nog, he... Uh, he 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 does develop. I mean, he he does go through some tough shit. And um, man, it's a tough one. I I love Quark, but you know, I I I think I'm gonna agree with you, Damon. I'm gonna go with Nog. It is all tied up. It comes down to you, there, Josh. Which one takes the win? Uh, boy, you know. When I think of Quark, I could I have all these great lines I think of, but the best one was um, in uh, oh gosh, and uh, I'm I'm losing it here. It's the moment where Cisco kills the Klingon and stuff like that. But anyway, he has to bribe Quark, and he goes over, and Quark is all impressed, and he goes, "Are you offering me a bribe?" And he goes, "I knew you had it in you." And after they're done, um, Cisco says, "Is that enough?" And Quark looks at him and goes, "Yep, I consider that a bribe." 
that's 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 a great line and that kind of shows who he is like he always kind of rides the fence like you're never really sure about quark like you know sometimes he does the right thing but you know what it you know would surprise you that you know if he sold one of his friends out you know uh for for latinum or, or whatnot um but when we're talking about character development uh you know, I think I heard an interview um, with Aaron Eisenberg and in only a, it's only a paper moon. He actually breaks down in that episode and cries. And he had said that that was the first time he had ever broken down and cried while he was acting. I mean, really cried. And so you really kind of saw the character grow. And it was it was very genuine because the actor was growing as well. Um, and you, you just hated to see Nog in that position because you like him and you saw him as a kid. And, you know, it, it would almost have been better if they killed him than to, to wound him like that um, and to see him have to deal with that because you wanted to, to protect him because he was such a becoming such a good person. Um, and because of that, I have to go with Nog. And Nog is into the next round. We are on to our next fight. Miles, this one is yours. Another easy one. It is Kira versus Zek. Zek will make me laugh. But uh, Kira, I li- I liked what they did with her in season seven when they put her behind enemy lines and her having to face her demons and help the Cardassians uh, win this one. She not only ha- she has to teach them how to uh, fight differently than they have than they have before, and um, this is probably going you know against everything she believes in and. Um, she we, Cisco basically has to almost order her to do it, but um, so I, I really liked seeing where she ended up at the end of the end of the season series. So my vote's for Kira. A vote for Kira. Uh, as much as I like Zach and I love the shit out of Zach and Wallace Sean uh, or Sean Wallace, whatever his name is. Um, Zach is one note. He is. I mean, there there are things that he does that are funny and great, but Kira does develop. She does become a, a, a completely different character from what she started out as. But the, the core of who she was is always there. Um, I'm going to go with Kira. I'm going to go with Kira on this one. George? I believe you're muted, George. Or you died. Oh, sorry. Okay, you okay, didn't have No, <laughs> live and kicking. Um, you know, I think uh, although although Kira is not one of my favorite characters, um, and I do like Ferengi, um, but I think I got a feeling that a Ferengi is going to make it into the final four on this. It's quite possible. Um, well, who's who's left in the Ferengi? Nog and Zek right now? Nog, Zek, and Brunt. Nog, oh, Zek Ishka. And Moogie. Yeah. And Moogie, wow. Um, I think that may be a few too many uh, Ferengis. I'm going to go with Kira. Another vote for Kira. Josh? Uh, like I said, when, when it started... I saw Kira as Ensign Rowe and it's just, you know, she's, she's a hard headed bitch. And, uh, 
I was, you know, I was, I was thinking, well, they're not going to change that character. And then uh, at the end of the first season, you really you start to see a change, especially in the last episode um, when Kai Wen, who who is a Vedic at the time, actually plots to have Vedic Barile killed. So she was a bad person from the, the get go. Um, but she is, you know, she's not hard enough that she can't stop and look and say, you know what, like there can be compromise between our religion and what the Federation is doing here. And she realizes that it's for the greater good. Um, and as much as I didn't like her relationship with Odo at the end, I did like her character. Um, and I, I look at her character as like a stray cat or a feral cat. That's, that's slowly being made into a house cat. Like she's very standoffish at first and not trusting. And then at the end, she be kind of becomes like a loyal companion and she's, you know, she still has the edge to her, but she's friendly and she's a completely different person. Uh, <sighs> Zek, on the other hand, is a Ferengi. And for the most part, Ferengi-centric episodes, I really kind of find a little over the top. Um, so, yeah, I got to go with Kira. Another vote for Kira. Mike, is it a clean sweep? Uh, well, you know, Kira did have uh, a character arc. She went from being a tightly wound, uh, annoying, stuffy character to a uh, slightly less tightly wound, uh, less annoying, stuffy character. Uh, Zek may be one note, but it is a glorious, pitch-perfect note. So no, it is not a clean sweep. Zek gets a point, but Kira is moving on. We're on to our next fight. This is another easy one. It is Golducott versus Odo. Fuck. Uh, I would quickly say, shit, I love Odo. Golducott, 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 Golducott. Uh, George. Um, Odo or Golducott? Um, I'm going with Golducott. I think I think he's a great villain. Uh, I think that's all that really needs to be said about Golducott. Another vote for Golducott. Josh. Uh, Golducott is the ultimate ego egocentric character. Uh, everything he does is because he lost Bajor. And in the entire series, everything he does, every small thing from not killing Zial uh, to aligning with the Dominion has all been to get back at Bajor. Um, and that kind of that kind of like revenge, that kind of motivation uh, that makes for a wonderful character. Um, Odo, on the other hand, I feel like his character, you know, towards the end when we introduced the Dominion and the founders, I feel like he's torn. And I really think that they could have done a lot more with that. Uh, I didn't not that they didn't do stuff with it, but I just never really felt it felt forced to me. Um, cause you always knew where Odo was going to come down. Uh, you always knew what Goldicott was going to do. It was going to be whatever served him the most, but you never knew what that was going to be. Uh, so just for, for the sheer fact that he was unpredictable and, uh, a complete narcissist, uh, with schizophrenia, I am going with Goldicott. Another vote for Goldicott, Mike. Yeah, this this is tough, but uh, I think it, it does have to go to Ducat. Um, Odo, I think, was a harder character to make work. 
um, because he doesn't have as clear cut a, a path, as clear cut a motivation. Um, his power set uh, makes him so alien. I think it's hard for uh, for people like us to to wrap our heads around what would a creature like this think? What would a creature like this be? And how do you present that in a way as a writer or as a creator that people like us who can't identify with it um, could understand? So it's a tough challenge, and I think they did a, a great job with it. But uh, Ducat is is a classic character. I mean, they, characters like Ducat are as old as, as drama because, uh, you know, the, the patriot... You know the revenge, uh, the egomaniac. All of these things are characters that have been been so well done, so richly uh, crafted uh, throughout the years, and and he he will go down as one of the one of the great ones. Uh, is a great. I it's one of those instances where I almost hesitate to call him a villain because uh, if we were on Cardassia and they crafted the story of Deep Space Nine, he would be the hero. Um, so uh so that's a really interesting and complex character so i will go with ducat another vote for gold ducat miles is it a clean sweep yeah this one's gonna be a clean sweep as much as i love renee abergenois and his portrayal of odo and we get to see odo there things he was capable of um what was great about ducat was Cisco just got under his craw real bad. That so so bad that um, if 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 Cisco is the emissary, of the prophets, well, Dukat's going to be the emissary, of the power race, and he's going to have his own flock, and he's going to even have his own space station. So it was um, that you know he was the anti-Cisco in some ways. So yeah, I'll, I'll quit pontificating about Dukat, but that's who I vote for. Uh, Ducat is into the next round. We are on to our next fight, the anti-Cisco. Kind of like the Antichrist. It's kind of funny. Um, George, this fight is yours. It is Martok versus Ishka. Hmm. Um, Martok is one of my favorite Klingons. And I think that I, I think that his story arc is just way more important uh, and just way more compelling. Uh, Ishka, she's comic relief, like many Ferengis are. Um, I really love. Um, I really love the. I really love the arc where Martok was actually replaced by a changeling. And we later find out that he was actually in a Dominion prison camp and loses his eye. And he's made to fight daily uh, for the entertainment and training of the Jem'Hadar. Martok's a badass. He's great. I'm voting for Martok. Uh, vote for Martok. Josh. Uh, it's interesting because you have Moogie and you have Martok and by the end of Deep Space Nine, both characters are really kind of in charge of the destiny of their their respective worlds. Um, Moogie is moving, uh, you know, Ferenginar into an era of, uh, let's say, socialism, but, you know, 
people, women having rights and, uh, you know, not everything being about money. Uh, whereas Martok, if you uh, read some stuff, the Klingon Empire was a little bit in limbo after the war. And they kind of moved a little bit towards towards going back to being the, you know, the Klingons with an edge uh, that we've always known. Um, but I look at it this way. Martok, uh, boy, that guy was out there just to be a punching bag for Jem'Hadar. And, uh, you know, they may have taken his eye, but the Jem'Hadar could not take Martok's soul. Uh, and because of that, I'm voting for Martok. Another I, vote for Martok. I uh, actually say. Mike. I, I, I do love Moogie. Uh, she's a great character. And, and certainly the, the, the role of, of social reformer um, worked really well with her. Um, but I am going to stick with Martok. I've said many times, including here, uh, of my love for Klingons. Uh, they're they're just they're a lot of fun. They're warriors. Uh, you know, I love the love it when they chew the scenery. Uh, they're they're really just a lot of fun. But one problem I've always had with Klingons is I never quite bought that these uh, these kind of crazed warriors would actually ever be able to evolve into a a technologically advanced uh, spacefaring race the way that they were. I mean, it just, when, when your political system is basically, Hey, I disagree with you. Okay. Let's fight till we die. It just seems like it, it doesn't really work that well. And then outside of Worf, who was kind of a stick in the mud, most or a great deal of their talk about honor was kind of bullshit. Um, honor was, was not, was just, Hey, we love fighting. But Martok really was an example of a Klingon that was, genuinely honorable uh genuinely noble yet still a fierce warrior and and intelligent he uh he certainly was passionate but you know this this was a character that that actually made smart choices and did smart things and then yeah when when all is lost he's still going to go out in a blaze of glory if that's what it takes but he's a klingon that i could buy being a, a, a an advanced race the way the klingons uh, supposedly had to be uh, I think he's one of the best examples of a Klingon. You know, Gowron is on here also, and as much as I love Gowron, Gowron's just a just a nut. And I, I would never buy that that a character like that could uh, could rise to to such a, a level of prominence in in uh, in the Klingon Empire if they are as advanced a race as they're supposed to be. So, because Martok, I think, is one of the finest examples of a Klingon, and I love Klingons, uh, I will vote for Martok. Another vote for Martok. Miles, I think you all said it really well. Um, Ishka's a great character, but um, what I liked about Martok was that when, when they got back from Deep Space Nine, despite Worst's accommodation, um, Martok, he could see through all the BS. Um, he can't restore Worf, but he could do the next best thing. He adopts Worf into his family, and so he becomes a Quasi father, big brother, best friend figure for Worf, um, we, and that, that's something Worf I don't think has really had throughout next next gen. And, and when we first got onto D Space Nine, is just just a um, a bud. And so uh, Martok is you know uh, Worf's uh, best bud throughout this series. And so I vote for Martok. Another vote for Martok. Um. 
and Mar- you know, I'm gonna say it here because we're not gonna get to say very much about Martok in the next round. I, I, I think um, he's also he he also had greatness thrust upon him. He he I, he didn't want it. He didn't want he didn't want to be the leader of the the Klingon people. He he knew that they they needed new leadership, but he didn't want that role. And, and that that's actually the best person you want to be a leader for you is somebody who's smart enough to know that there needs to be change but doesn't want to be the guy to actually lead the change like i don't want that responsibility because it's it's going to be a long hard road and uh he does an excellent job of it uh i love the shit out of martok and in a clean sweep martok sorry ishkar sorry moogie i want my moogie (laughs) we're on to our next fight josh this one is yours uh, it is Benjamin Lafayette Cisco versus Cannon Fodder as Redax. All right. Uh, because I know where this is going, I'm going to go ahead and take a different kind of logic. And uh, I'm going to look at this as uh, um, Curzon Dax trained Benjamin Cisco. Um, and then Benjamin Cisco taught or is going to teach uh, Ezri Dax everything that he knows. So. I don't know. Therefore, Esri kind of knows a little bit more. Uh, I mean, essentially, Esri uh, is is just as much part of Benjamin as Benjamin is Benjamin. Um, all right, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna stop. Uh, it's Cisco, uh, and he's gonna destroy you here. But I really I like Esri Dax, so hopefully, people will uh, uh, listen to this and come away with maybe a better appreciation, or maybe they'll just watch it a little bit more. Um, Cause you know what? The, the writers did a really good job with the situation they were in and it's too bad. We couldn't see more of her. Uh, but in the end it's Benjamin Lafayette Cisco, or as some people like to call him Hawk. Uh, a vote for Hawk, <laughs> Mike. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I said my piece about uh, Esri last round. Um, there is a reason why uh, on this show he is referred to as the Cisco, because uh, let's face it, it's his show. Um, like I said before, if he doesn't make it into the final four, uh, we have committed an atrocity. I really want to commit an atrocity. Um, <laughs> Miles. Uh, yeah, it's going to have to be Cisco. Um, he's cut from a totally different cloth than the other captains of of starfleet uh he's the only one who could have you know been the sheriff of of deep space nine uh, just the, for the first episode the way he compels uh no uh, somebody corrected me at a, a convention uh um blackmails quark to stay at deep space nine um i i can't see um picard or kirk or janeway you know doing that um one of the best ep- episodes of d space nine maybe one of the best episodes of tv uh pale moonlight what what cisco had to do to save the federation um to um so so to bring the romulans in um d- d- different different kind of commander um came from an engineering security background um and i, I don't think he wanted to be a commander at first but that was thrust upon him and uh we, we see what we got now. So it's Cisco. Another vote for Cisco. I will be the lone dissenting vote for Esri Dax. I'm not going to say why, <laughs> because <laughs> it's Esri Dax. 
and everybody hates her and 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 it's so it's so not her fault it's nothing to do with the character the character is fabulous uh, when you really consider that they had seven they had 22 episodes but six of them have like uh, an a or a b story that focuses on esri dax and the fact that you have a reaction to esri dax after 20 years well 13 is amazing it's a testament to that goddamn character because she should be forgotten by the waysides like the fucking tiger the dog or the other brats they bring into other shows to 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 bring in new life and make you remember like the last few seasons of all the sitcoms from the 80s when they bring in the the kid the new kid uh, she's a she's a great character you guys that hate her suck i hate you all i'm voting for esri dax but i love benjamin cisco uh george um i don't i don't hate esri dax but um and i think you you mentioned it before damon that to me it felt like after jadzia died season season seven came along and i feel like that the writers tried to cram as much as redax into that season as they possibly could it seemed like it was all dominion war and Ezri Dax, uh, which I wasn't a big fan of, but uh, but I think you know where I'm going with this. I'm voting for Ben Cisco. Well, I just wanted to say my piece about Ezri. Yeah, nobody on here hates Ezri Dax, but uh, oh. Benjamin Cisco and not a clean sweep is into the next round. <laughs> we are on to our next fight, Mike. This one is yours. It is Kai Wen versus Julian Bashir. Uh, now this is a tough one um because the the fight here for me is a question between when i think about best character am i thinking about it uh, objectively in terms of which one served the story better which one had a, a a better character arc which one um you know was was more believable or all of that stuff or or ob i'm sorry objectively or subjectively which one do i like more uh and i like Bashir a lot more. He's he's much more engaging. Um I love the uh the enhanced uh the, the augmented ability aspect when they brought that to him. I think it just sort of stepped it up a notch. Um I thought the the uh, the character uh you know when they started off that he was supposed to be the one that uh he was fresh out of the academy, and and he he just loved the idea of being this frontiers doctor. He was the one that was excited, uh, and and would supposedly have the audience's excitement. Um, he liked spy stories. He played darts. Uh, Kai Wynn did none of these things. Even though she's a fantastic character, great actress, um, I think maybe they did a little too good a job of making me hate her. So uh, even though objectively she's a better character uh subjectively fuck her uh i'm gonna vote for the dude that i like so bashir oh vote for bashir uh miles yeah like i said before bashir is not one of my favorite doctors on star trek um i just thought kai win was so brilliantly written and and uh um the actress who portrayed her did a, did a fantastic job with her um yeah, so, I'll just keep it short and sweet. My vote's for uh, Win. A vote for Kai Win. 
this sucks because I do like Bashir a lot. But looking at the bracket and seeing Kai win versus Benjamin Sisko to get into the final four, I like that a lot more. But do I like it more than I like Bashir? Because I love this shit out. I love Kai win. But do I like the idea? Uh, Bashir versus Ben Sisko. It's Ben Sisko all day long, at least in my head, because Benjamin Sisko is a better character uh, top to bottom than Bashir was. But I don't know. Kai Wynn might give him a fight. I think I'm going to. Uh, it hurts me, though, to vote against Bashir because Bashir is my number two doctor. Number one is Fox for me. But my number two doctor is Bashir because I like the fact that he he wanted the the shitty assignment, the assignment everybody else thought was shitty because he thought he could do more there. Uh, that aspect of Bashir is awesome that he wanted to do more, like go go places where other people hadn't. He tried to tried to find a cure for Ketracel White for the fucking uh, Jim Hadar. Like there are things that he's an amazing doctor and I love him to death. And I, I, I can't vote against him. God damn it. I want See, to that's how I felt. In. I know. Like, no, I like him. I don't care uh, if he's not the right choice. I like him. I, I know. He's not the right choice. But with but your I heart, like Damon, him. you know yeah. that's the way it has to go. I, I'm not going to betray myself. I'm voting for Julian Bashir. George? See, don't you feel better? I felt better after I voted for him. Yeah, I do. <laughs> um, you know, uh, Bashir... You know, early on in the series, I hated Bashir. I thought he was sm- smarmy and just, he just wasn't appealing to me. As the show went on, I liked him more. He got better. We, we kind of we got to see who he was, kind of who he really was. We found out that he was a genetically engineered human being, which was, which made his character more interesting. But on the other side of that, I like Kai Wynn. I really like her, the duality of her and trying to try, who really so wants to be loved, but just can't get it. Everyone hates her, but she wants to be loved. I like that character. So I am voting for Kai Wynn. A vote for Kai Win. It is all tied up. It comes down to you, Josh. Which one takes the win? Uh, you know, uh, every time I go last, I have all this time to think, and I have all these thoughts that I want to get out, and I always forget something. Um, but Damon, you just—I don't know if it, I don't know if it's you or Miles just brought up the point that Bashir wanted to get out into the frontier, and he wanted to try new stuff and have new experiences. So if you look at it from the view of, you know, I mean, being a pure Star Trek character, then then it doesn't get any purer than that, because here's a guy who wants to venture out and, and find new things and, and have adventures. Uh, I, I, I would like to see him against Ben Sisko in the next round, because I think there are times in the show where Ben Sisko just wanted to bitch slap Julian Bashir because he was a smug little shit. Like when he asked for um, some of the, uh, the that gel uh, in Pale Moonlight, and Bashir's like, okay, you can have it, but I'm going to report you. And Cisco's like, yeah, go ahead, see if anybody cares. Um, there, there are instances like that where, where you, you hate him. Uh, you know? But on the other hand, Kai Wynn, you, you hate Kai Wynn 
because you're supposed to hate her and they do such a good job with her um and i said earlier you know when i look at her i just think she's a cunt you know she is a, a pol- she's she's a religious leader of a very religious people and she's a politician she's a, she's a freaking politician and she doesn't you know there's part of me that thinks that she doesn't really care about what the prophets want or think she is going to do what she wants um, and what's best for her. And like I said, she tried to kill Vedic Burial in the first season. And a lot of people forget about that uh, because she didn't actually do it. She had some other person do it. Uh, but when it comes down to it, Julian Bashir <laughs> is kind of a creep because whenever he dates women, it's always women that are like his patients. Uh, Malora Pelzar was a patient. Um, the girl who was really smart, who didn't talk. Uh, I can't think of her name off the bat, but um, he fell in love with her and she was his patient. And then later on, he he's trying to get a relationship with Esri Dax and he calls her in to talk about a physical. It's like, you know, uh, you should be wearing a shirt that says, trust me, I'm a doctor. Um, but he's actually a creep. And I want to vote for him in the worst way because I want to see him in Cisco square off. But Cisco and Kai Wynn are more yin and yang. Uh, they are completely opposite. Um, and Kai Wynn is frankly very jealous of Ben Cisco, and uh, I think it makes a better matchup. So Kai Wynn, a vote for Kai Wynn. It wasn't me that did it. Yeah, it's like I don't feel bad at all no. that Bashir didn't move on because uh, I had nothing to do with it. Yep, that's not my fault. I'm like, like, it's like you know, your friend work. doesn't deserve it, but you got to vote for him because he's your friend. <laughs> Uh, but Kai Wayne is into the next round. We are on to our next fight. Miles, this one is yours. Hey, it's another fun fight. It's uh, spousal abuse. It's Judzia Dax versus Worf. Oh, wow. <laughs> spousal abuse. <laughs> uh, it's, but it's consensual. Um, I, I, I'm going to go with my boy Worf. Um, um, my, my Twitter handle is Son of Worf. Um, I had posters of Worf. The next generation was on, so um, I'll just keep I'll just keep it short. Yeah, War Warf gets my vote. A vote for War. Uh, see, it's funny. I like Ezri Dax a lot, <laughs> a lot. One of my favorites. I really do like Ezri Dax, and by virtue of everybody disliking Ezri Dax. I dislike Jadzia Dax more and more every time I hear somebody talk about how great Jadzia was because Jadzia Dax, early Jadzia Dax, she was pretty. She was not a good character. Uh, she, she's rather boring and dull and vacant. Uh, vacant. Uh, I, I don't like early Jadzia. Don't get me wrong. They develop her character very well and by the end she, she becomes great. Uh, but Worf comes in firing bullets right out right out the gate he is Worf and not only is he Worf he's also a little bit more than Worf because he will crack jokes like I think he cracks a joke in the first episode and and, and that to me was like wait Worf said something funny where what and that's how you knew they were going to treat Worf differently and he was become uh, he was going to become a better character so uh yeah because war uh, I'm gonna go war George um, th- this is tough. Um, I like that. Um, yeah, I mean, of course, uh, part of it is cause yeah, I, I had a huge crush on Terry Farrell 
playing Gen Z and Dax back in the day. Um, and I really, I really liked the character. Um, I hated the way that she, that she left the show, but what are you going to do? Uh, Worf, um, Worf is my favorite Klingon. So, and, uh, I think he has some of the best stories and, uh, and Klingon culture is great. It's a tough fight, but I'm going to go with Mr. Worf. Mr. Wolf. Josh. Uh, uh, I was hoping it wouldn't come down to this. Um, I actually wrote Ron in where Worf should be. That's how hopeful I was that Ron was going to win. Uh, you know, I, I feel like both of these characters kind of lacked a lot of personality. I think with 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 Jadzia Dax, they try to I don't know, give her personality by being ironic. I mean, here you have this, you know, tall, beautiful, elegant woman and she like, you know, she drinks like a Klingon, she fights like a Klingon, uh, you know, she's she plays Dabo like a, a Ferengi, you know, she's she's kind of like your best friend with like great tits. Um but ultimately, that that doesn't work over six seasons. Um, what works is, is is having a you know a story and developing your character. And uh, it's tough to develop somebody who you know has all these experiences, who's who's about as mature as a person can be. Um, and with Worf, you know, there was a lot there to work on. Um, you know, he's a character who is always in conflict. Uh, he's in conflict between you know. Uh, the world he lives in and the world that he's from and you know he's he wants to be the consummate soldier and he's really kind of in a place that you know you can't follow the rules all the time it's a very different place uh you know you kind of have to have to fly by the seat of your pants and uh i think that really kind of bothers him so much so that he lives on the defiant you know when he could have nice quarters um and I think it's really funny that at the end we find out that um, that uh, Ben Cisco is the ultimate badass because he does intimidate Worf. Um, a lot of people beat Worf up, but I don't think a lot of people intimidate Worf. Um, so, you know, I begrudgingly have to go with Worf here, even though, yes, as a child, I had many fantasies about Terry Farrell. I mean, she was a 33-year-old woman, and she uh, owned it. She was hot. Um, but in the end, it's Worf. Another vote for Worf. And Mike. Uh, I will vote for Jadzia. Um, I, I love Worf. I love Klingons, as I've mentioned. Um, I actually like the fact that Jadzia started off as kind of a weaker character. I think watching that growth uh, from the... And, and, you know, it's funny because it's, it's, it's the same as Esri. Esri, if we would have seen uh, Deep Space Nine... With Esri Dax in her fifth year, she would have been much more like Jadzia. Uh, at the beginning, uh, she was more Jadzia and less Dax. And over the, the course of the, the show, she became more and more Dax uh, without ever losing Jadzia. Uh, I think the episode where, where the, the other Daxes all kind of get put into her friends to face her uh, was a phenomenal episode, and it just showed you how interesting, and I think largely unexplored, uh, the the complexity of of the trail concept uh, really could be. Um, 
the, the idea that she was actually alive uh, during uh, the, the Kirk era uh, when they went back in time to Trials and Tribulations, and she remembered it, and she kind of longed for it. Uh, she brought a perspective to the show that, that nobody else really could have brought to the show. Um, and, and I think, you know, yeah, she, I did not like how she went out, um, but I'm not going to hold that against the character. Uh, I, I think I think she was a great character by the end. Um, and uh, Worf, yeah, well, I liked him a lot. Uh, he was, you know, he just, he just didn't, did, was not as unique, I guess, as a, as a character as Jedzia was. A vote for Jedzia, but Worf is into the next round. We are on to our next fight. It is Morn versus Brunt. I have made my case for Morn. I love Morn. Morn should be the best Deep Space Nine character because he is the best Deep Space Nine character. Fuck you, Brunt. Morn. If I could drop my microphone, I would totally do it right there, but I actually have to continue the show. Uh, George? Um, dude, um, yeah, Morn's interesting. He's okay. But Brunt is the man. I mean, he just I just I just love the I just loves uh, I just love the way he comes into place and intimidates. And if there was one Ferengi that made it to the that makes it to the to the final four or the or the final two, I would have to say it'd be Brunt. I love Brunt. He's awesome. Another vote. Well, a vote for Brunt. Uh, Josh. Uh, yeah, you know, I don't want to see Morn go any further. Just, uh, you know, uh, and Brunt wasn't in a ton of episodes, but I feel like uh, anybody else playing him, it might not have worked, but Jeffrey Combs did such a great job. And, uh, you know, because Wayun got voted out in the first round, I'm going to vote for Brunt, but I'm actually just going to vote for Wayun. So, Wayun. A vote <laughs> for Brunt, whatever. Brunt. So, uh, you're voting for Jeffrey Combs. Yeah. I'm voting for Spike. <laughs> That's fine. But, yeah. Spite is fine. Uh, Mike? Uh, I will vote for Morn to tie it up. Um, I, I do think he's an interesting character. I mean, Brunt, Brunt is a great character too. I love Brunt. I love the Ferengi. Uh, but, uh, you know, like I said, Morn is just such a strange, strange beast to, uh, to even be on this list and, uh, and, and such a, a, a very deep space nine character. And I love, I love what you said last time, Damon, that we, we learn all that we learn from Morn through other people in that episode. Uh, where we learn all of those things about him and, and just what a ridiculous life he's had and, and his wife and her ex-wife and all that stuff. Uh, that's a very interesting and unusual and kind of daring way to to present a character. And I love the fact that they did try on many occasions to, to actually give him a line and then it just never made the final cut. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll tie it up. Yeah, let's not forget that Morn is a prince in some system. Yeah, he's a prince. It is all tied up. It comes down to you there, Miles. Um, I, there, There's a brilliance to mourn, but I, I like Jeffrey Combs, whoever he plays. And um, it, it, yeah, I, I got to give it to Brunt. Uh, my vote's for Brunt. Oh. <sighs> 
hurts so bad because Morn, I love you, Morn. Seriously, Morn is my favorite character. I don't know why. And and seriously, do where's Waldo with 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 Morn because he pops up all over the goddamn place. But Brunt is into the next round. We're at our next fight. It's for a spot in the final four. George, this one is yours. It is Nog versus Kira. This one's not so tough for me. I think through this, I said I'm not a huge Kira fan, although I have heard some compelling things about her character development uh, from beginning to the uh, end of the series. Um, she, uh, you know, we we learn a lot about about her, her and her religion, uh, her love life, all that stuff. Um, it's not bad, but. Uh, but also, I have to say that uh, Nog, Nog, Nog's a great character too, and not not and for not being among the main main cast from the beginning. He developed so much. That's already been said. We we know this. Um, so, and I really like Aaron Eisenberg and the way he developed that character. Um, so. I'm gonna I'm gonna vote I'm gonna go, go vote for Nog. Uh vote for Nog. Josh. Uh yeah, the, I guess those are my sentiments. I mean, when it comes down to it for me, like I've said before, it's character development. And, you know, it's it's tough to be able to look at Kira as a whole and, and look at her development when when Nog kind of his development is kind of, you know, compressed into uh, you know more you know fewer seasons than Kira's but but when uh, and when you come down to it you know when you started watching Deep Space Nine at first I mean Nog was just a smart ass kid who you know couldn't read and you know you, you just figure well he's gonna he's gonna wind up getting in trouble and get tossed in jail and he could have gone down this path and uh you know his uh as much as he hate hates humans like you know Ben Sisko and Jake Sisko really have quite an effect on him and he completely turns things around to where, you know, he's, he's a completely different person. He's, um, you know, he's, he has traits. He like, like humans, he's, he, he's caring, he's kind, he's compassionate, but he never really loses like the Ferengi in him. Uh, it just doesn't dominate his life. Um, and, and, you know, from what I can tell of Kira, like that part where, you know, she was a rebel and she had to fight to survive for part of her life. I don't think that's ever gone away. I think that's always in the forefront of her personality. And, uh, you know, it, it, sometimes characters who are like that, who are kind of hard headed, you don't like as much because it takes them a while to come around. Um, but overall, I just, I just think Nog is a, a more sympathetic character and he has more development and we see it and we care about him. We really do. Um, so I'm going with Nog. A uh, vote for Nog, Mike. I will also vote for Nog. Uh, Nog, Nog, and Kira wind up very similar characters. They're they're staunch warriors, uh, but Nog starts off in a very very different place. Uh, and Nog also, I mean, he may not have invented, but he, at least to the audience, he gave us to me what is one of the most interesting aspects of Ferengi culture and that is the the notion of the great river and that uh, the great river will provide if you just follow along um and it's the surprisingly 
Zen philosophy for a, a capitalist race. Um, and, uh, and it's really interesting. And I really like the way that, that he explains it and the way, the way that he presents it. And, and like you said, he, what, what makes, uh, Starfleet and the Federation really work is that they can be a, uh, a homogenous organization that still, uh, uses the best of all of those individual races. And, and like was, like it was said, he Nog is a Starfleet officer without ever sacrificing what makes him a Ferengi or what makes, or without sacrificing the strengths of being a Ferengi. He represents the best of, uh, of being a Ferengi. So, uh, yeah. I'll vote for Nog. Another vote for Nog. Miles. Now this one is tough for me and I could be swayed either way. And I've, but I, I'm just thinking of some of the more powerful episodes Kira was in. Um, I'm thinking of Duet, where um, this uh, Cardassian gets apprehended, and um, he was the, the butcher of Galatep. Um, and, but it's it's you know he it's he's not he's a he's a, he's a Cardassian um, who is trying to atone for his people's sins and. Uh, you know, Kira. You, you see Kira changing in that episode. It's you know, it's not all Cardassians are bad. In fact, this one Cardassian is noble and, and good and kind. And at the end, the poor guy gets killed. But at the end of the episode, the, the murderer says, "Well, he's Cardassian. Is that enough?" And she says, "No, it's not." Uh, another episode, uh, Second Skin, uh, where the, they uh, they put her in Cardassian makeup and. Um, they were even toying around with the idea of in the episode. Well, maybe we can say we're not a hundred percent sure whether you know your your DNA is totally Bajoran or not. But just seeing her in Cardassian makeup and her quote unquote Cardassian father, she sees he is a good and kind person too. So she sees her enemy. It's not so clean cut and dry. Even though she's had to you know fight them throughout most of her life, she's seeing that there you know there's there are good Cardassians out there. And so the concept of the enemy is not as um, black and white as it, as she probably thought it was at one time. So um, love Nog, but I think as far as some of the most thought provoking episodes that were out there, I think Kira, Kira takes it for me. A vote for Kira. Yeah. You know, I love, I love Nog too. And and if it, if he wasn't going through, if it was tied up, I I probably vote Nog, but I definitely have to give love to Kira. Uh, she's she's a fantastic character, and she with a lot of growth. Um, even the the fact that you know Mike stated I hated her when she started, and she only got to neutral after seven years, where I don't hate her anymore. But but that kind that's that's a lot of growth to go from a character that you hate to indifference is a lot. Uh, but. I like Nog more, but I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna vote for Kira. She she de- she deserves as much love as we can he- heap on her, being that she was second in command on the show. So uh, I'm I'm gonna vote for Kira, but Nog is into the final four. We are on to our next fight. Uh, Josh, this one is yours. It is Gold Ducat versus High Chancellor Martok. Good one. You might have died, Josh. Oh, sorry. I uh, wasn't paying attention. All right. Uh, you know, 
on the surface, this is this is easy. Uh, but I'm going to give you uh, kind of a view into what I'm thinking when I think of Martok. Uh, I, I look at Martok as the best Klingon we've ever seen because he, like, like I said before, he's not as boring as Worf and just dead set on honor. And he's not like a crazy mofo like Galron. I mean, that guy's a nut. Um, he's kind of, he's kind of in between and he is, he, he, you know, he has wisdom. Like he doesn't let the, the honor and the, the glory side of things kind of, um, kind of, you know, shade his judgment at all. Uh, and I love how he steps in between Worf and Alexander and pretty much straightens Worf out and says, Hey, listen, you know, like that's your son and you need to make things right with him right now. Um, and that's kind of the first time it's kind of the first time anybody's ever really kind of put Worf in his place like that. I mean, you know, because he, he can be a dick and he was being a dick to his own son. Um, and somebody had to say something. And, and at the very end of deep space nine, uh, Martok is drinking blood wine with, with Admiral Ross and Cisco, and uh, you know he's celebrating this uh, as a Klingon would, and and, and Cisco and Ross kind of get on their high horse and dump out the blood wine, and they're like, "We're not going to celebrate over these dead bodies." And and he says, and I think it's one of the best lines uh, in Deep Space Nine is he said, "There are some Bajorans who would uh, call this." I, I don't think he says poetic justice, but um, kind of ironic that that this is how the Cardassians have wound up after everything that they've done to people. And I loved, I loved that quote and I love the sentiment behind it. And they played it off. Like he's an ass. And that pissed me off uh, because I was thinking it and everyone else was thinking it. Uh, but in the end, Gold Dukat uh, may be, maybe the best villain we've ever seen in Star Trek. And I know Mike said he, he doesn't want to think of him as a villain per se, uh, an antagonist yes a villain yes um and from someone else's perspective maybe he's the hero uh but a more i don't know if you have any more of a complex character not to say that you know he's the he's the most complex but i don't think there's anybody else who who is any more complex than he is um he's just well written and i love every episode that he is in uh so when it comes down to it is it is ducat a vote for ducat mike you know, we, we spend a lot of time in this episode talking about character arcs. Um, and, uh, and you know, with, with Dukat, there, there's something interesting going on. And, and what I think of is before the finale of Deep Space Nine, I actually just watched the premiere, uh, like hours before. So it was fresh in my mind. And, uh, and one of the things that I noticed, and I'd always kind of been aware of, of you know, the, the Cisco's prog- progression over the show, because that was kind of at the heart of the show. But the things that stuck out at me were, were Odo's progression uh, and how much of where Odo wound up um, was, was really there in that, in that pilot. But I really had forgotten just how much of, of, uh, of a part that uh, Ducat played in the pilot. And in there, you see, you see him as this kind of antagonist with, with uh, Cisco. And we mentioned just kind of jokingly, that oh well, Cisco's a pro- is a, is a prophet. He's got to be a prophet. Uh, Cisco's you know the Messiah. He's the Antichrist. And, and I think that that's actually much much richer and deeper. Those 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 two kind of are intertwined in in a dance throughout the entire show. Um, and and I think that's that conflict is in many ways at the heart of the show. And but Ducat, 
you know, when I mention arc, the reason we use that phrase is because there's kind of a, a rising action and a falling action with the character. And it's, it's, it's actually, even though there's a curve to it, it's, it's fairly linear, but Dukat isn't, it's a much more complex, uh, path. Uh, he starts off as a villain, um, and then becomes increasingly sympathetic. And you start to think he's going to be one of those characters that just like, okay, he's going to soften over time. Like a lot of, of villain characters do. And in the end, it's all kumbaya, but, but instead it actually amplifies. And, and, you know, when, when the Cardassian or when the Klingons attack Cardassia, he kind of becomes a, a heroic figure and a noble figure. And you think, oh, okay, this is one of those stories where the villain gets redeemed and becomes a hero. Uh, and then I can still remember that moment when instead, when everyone thinks he's going to take on that Dominion fleet and, and my heart was breaking because if he does this, he's going to die. And this character that I've, I've, I've come to respect, uh, was going to die. And instead he joins them and, and my heart broke for completely different reasons because this character that I had come to respect and think of as a hero, uh, had shown his true colors. And then you wind up wondering, well, is this going to be a fake out? Is this going to change? Uh, you always were guessing what was going to happen with him in a way that you were with no other character on this show. Uh, I don't think there is a more complex character on Deep Space Nine. Uh, so it's got to be Ducat. A vote for Ducat. Miles. Love Martok. Um, and we've already talked about, talked about his attributes. Um, but I think... As, as far as interesting villains, interesting bad guys, they don't come any more interesting than Dukat. Um, a lot of reasons we just, you know, were stated. I mean, at, at first, and we have to realize this guy is, he was the, the, the um, sole enemy of the Bajorans, um, maybe viewed as almost like a Hitler figure. Um, and so to, to see, but then we see leader seasons where he's sometimes helping the crew of D Space Nine, and so he's not quite the bad guy anymore, but we, we forget that what he was early on. And so I think somebody has said, and is probably right, he is still pissed off that he lost Bajor. Um, and so I don't think that ever, he ever forgotten that. And so, um, so yeah, I was shocked to see him join the Dominion and see that he orchestrated the Dominion coming to the Alpha Quadrant. But that I shouldn't really, because remembering who he was just before. Um, yeah, I got to give it to Ducat. Yeah, vote, another vote for Ducat. Um, fuck you, Mike. Fuck you so hard, because you made it impossible to even give a pity vote, at least me to give a pity vote to Martok. Uh, and one of, the, one of the things that I, that I found while, while, when meeting both of these actors is, and it happened with a lot of the actors I met from Deep Space Nine especially, they are those characters. Like the writers and the actors got together and they saw the, the best parts of what these actors could bring and, and just the actors' own personalities and they, they brought them to the characters. So when you meet Mark, Mark Alemo, he's a very nice guy, but he just puts off this, this aura that is Ducat, whether he's in the makeup or not. Uh, uh, J.G. Hersler... It's, it's very boisterous and fun and funny, but he seems very noble. Um, Max Grodencheck seems kind of ditzy, kind of stupid, but he's a really nice guy. And, he, and he, he, I mean, all of these guys, all these character actors, all these actors do a fabulous job. 
And uh, Gold Ducat. God damn it. I wanted to give some love to Martok, but I can't. I'm going to go Gold Ducat. Uh, George, is it a clean sweep? Yeah, it's a clean sweep. I think I, there's not much more to say. Uh, I think you guys all nailed it right on the head. Ducat's the guy to go to go on. And Ducat, with a clean sweep, is in the final four. We're on to our Excuse next me, fight. Kevin. Yes. Uh, I, I heard an interview that um, J.G. Hertzler, he had auditioned for the role of Ducat. Um, and um, I, I can see that, you know, Def, definitely, Mark Alamo was the was was the better choice for that that role. But I just I, I have a hard time seeing Herzler playing Ducat. Well, that's the thing. That's the thing about these actors. But but just like that, there's absolutely nobody else that I could ever see playing Martok, <laughs> right. or or Cisco, or Nog, or Rom, or Quark. All those people are those characters. It's it's fabulous. Ah, Ducat. Next fight, Mike. This one is yours. Huh? It's a, it's a doozy. It is Benjamin Cisco versus Kai Wen. Uh, this this is a fun fight because uh, this this was a fight that was kind of at the heart uh, in many ways of the show. But it's it's still an easy fight for me. Um, it it's it's Ben Cisco. Um, you know, I I had mentioned you know Kai Kai Wen was a great adversary for Cisco, but she was not the adversary for Cisco. That was Ducat. Um, and, and the fact that the, the final, final battle on the show was Ducat and Cisco, I think kind of, kind of bears that out. And, you know, it's one of the things that, that I loved about Deep Space Nine. A lot of people, you know, are of the attitude of, well, when Worf came on, uh, when he shaved his head, when he, when, uh, or when Cisco shaved his head and got the goatee, that's when the show got good. I thought the show was good from the start. And the thing that I loved about the show was the fact that uh, Cisco was not Kirk or Picard. Kirk was awesome. Kirk was, you know, the golden boy. He was, you know, the epitome of manliness. And then Picard, uh, you know, by that time, the, the characters on, on both Enterprises were the best of the best. Uh, you know, the Enterprise D was the flagship. And, uh, you know, you just don't get a better captain than uh than picard and then we get to deep space nine and all of a sudden we don't even have a captain we have a commander who's been put in charge of of a shitty falling apart space station at the edge of space because he's kind of washed out because he had a tragedy in his life that he couldn't overcome and uh and he was i mean he was about to quit and you know he he was really kind of nothing the story should have ended there but then something amazing happens and he has to step up to the challenge. And, you know, we've talked a lot about, you know, character arcs. I mean, this is very literally the, the heroic, uh, the heroic myth, uh, you know, kind of written in Star Trek. It's someone who is essentially, we think, an ordinary guy uh, who comes into contact with something extraordinary and has to become extraordinary uh, to, to live up to it, to, to meet that destiny. And they've never done that in Star Trek. Uh, Star Trek, the captains were always awesome by the time we meet them. With this, this is a captain who we meet as a guy who's just a Starfleet, you know, officer. And by the end, he is a hero. And uh, because you never got to see that art played out so literally and so well in Star Trek, uh, it's got to be Cisco. God damn you again, Mike. A vote for Cisco. Uh, Miles? 
Yeah, um, a lot of what have just been said. Um, I, I think that, well, in the, in, the, in the pilot episode, Picard was saying we need to help the Bajorans so they can join the Federation. And we need you, Cisco, to help help that make that happen. So I, I, I still think that they probably figured they need somebody with a different skill set, so to speak, who, who can do that, who can. This is this is the frontier. This is the butt end of the universe. It you know, they're not going to have the support of the Federation like they like they, like they would typically do at another star base. They need somebody who can get it done. And um, Cisco, it, it, it's, like it's already been beautifully illustrated. You know, you know, Kirk and Picard. You know, they rocked, but. When Cisco first comes on D Space Nine, he's still mourning the death of his wife after all these years. Um, he's 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 a he's a damaged man, but um, through the prophets, through his experience on D Space Nine, um, he finds healing. He finds um, new, a, a new purpose, and um, if he lost his faith during the Borg War. Um, a wolf three five nine. He he got it back during during his tenure at Deep Space Nine, and um, so my vote's for Cisco. A vote for Cisco. Fuck you, Mike. I'm not even joking about this right now. Uh, but but because of what you said, that th- that is exactly why we are friends. God damn you, Mike. You said exactly everything I would want to say about Benjamin Cisco. Not that there's anything bad or wrong about Kai Wen. She is, she is an excellent character. She is great. But, you know, this whole time we really, we've been putting Cisco through almost clean sweeps, but not mentioning why. And you fucking nailed it on the head. I'm voting for Ben Cisco. Uh, George? Um, yeah, I, <laughs> I'm kind of right along with you, Damon. And because what Mike said hit the nail right on the head for me, too. It, it's really weird because I like actually the when when DS9 premiered and I saw the first couple of episodes and I saw that Cisco was not a captain. I thought that was bullshit at the time. So I didn't watch Deep Space Nine for like the first two seasons uh, because I thought it was bullshit because, you know, why do we have Kirk and Picard? um who were you know who were these great captains but yet we have an 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 african-american man playing this role not be a captain and he's in a in a in a a place where he really doesn't want to be but uh but mike stated it beautifully about how he develops and how he comes to be the character that he uh that he is or or the or that he was so uh it's pretty i i like kai win but you know it's gotta be cisco another vote for the cisco josh is it a clean sweep all those things that i forget to say when i go last they've all been said sweep it And Benjamin Cisco is into the final four. And for the last spot in the final four, Miles, this one is yours. It is Worf versus Brunt. Oh, man. <laughs> um, 
love Jeffrey Combs, love his brunt. Um, but I love what Worf, what they did with Worf during D Space Nine. Um, I thought he, you know, for lack of a better word, where he became a little more human during his time in D Space Nine. Um, like I said, I wasn't big on Ezri Dax, but I actually liked the friendship he had with her um, and how he kind of, he was a good friend to her. I mean, yeah, he, he was an ass at times, but I thought he was a good friend to her. And so that, that's something I remember. And he gets the, uh, like, Martok didn't, you know, wasn't a politician, you know, Worf was a diplomat, but then he ends up being an ambassador at the end. Um, so... I give it to my boy Worf. Oh, vote for Worf. And this whole time I've wanted to call Worf the uh, Barack Obama of Klingons. And I, I, I don't really have a good point to say it, so I'm just going to say it now. He's Klingon on the outside, human on the inside, because he was raised by humans. But he's not. That's not him. He's, he is a, a very complex character. A- and he did bang all the hottest chicks in Star Trek. Uh, if he had been on Voyager, he'd have been fucking seven to nine. Like this is this is Worf's legacy. Is what he did was he bangs hot chicks. He comes on the show and he bangs hot chicks. He's the anti Jordy. He's the exact opposite. He he bangs really really hot chicks. But uh, I, I I do like the character of Worf. I, I liked his development on Deep Space Nine. I do like the fact that he becomes he becomes a different character. So so much different that. When he's in the next generation movies, after you know what is it, uh, insurrection, insurrection, Worf is completely different than Deep Space Nine. Worf he goes back to being next generation Worf for that movie, and and it, and, and it's jarring. It, it, it's weird. It's like, oh, this is not the Worf I'm used to. This is not the Worf I want now. Uh, so I'm I'm gonna vote for Worf as well. Uh, George. Um. Yeah, uh, Worf's the main character, um, but I've heard some people say, yeah, he's he's kind of dry, his character kind of dull, I guess, uh, but he's is an important part, but um, I'm going to go against the grain. I love Brunt. He's my favorite. He's my favorite Ferengi, and... I think I want to see who it might piss off to see him get to the championship. So <laughs> I'm a, voting for Brunt. <laughs> a vote for Brunt. Josh. Uh, uh, one thing I didn't like about Worf and Deep Space Nine is I, I felt like uh, everybody kind of had an end to their story arc. And I kind of feel like Worf was one of the characters who kind of was left it left, left out to, you know, left hanging out to dry. Uh, there there was no like huge resolution with him. Um, but that being said, he came onto the show uh, very much the same way that, that Ben Cisco came onto the show um, as someone who was kind of lost and didn't know where they wanted to go uh, with their career. And, you know, they came up, they came aboard deep space nine, which is like the, uh, the misfit, what is it? The uh, Island of misfit toys of star Trek, where everybody's kind of an outcast and a little odd. And uh, he found a home and, uh, you know, as much as I, I feel like they did a lot of stuff to his character and it never really showed. I mean, they did do a lot to his character and he was a big part of 
of a lot of different storylines. Uh, and, you know, in many ways he is, he's, he's, he's a very much a parallel to, to Ben Cisco, uh, lost, finding a home, uh, losing a wife, um, having a son that, you know, maybe they don't always see eye to eye on stuff. Um, you know, and I really wished that he had had a better end, but, you know, Worf was better at the end of Deep Space Nine than he was when, when he started it. And, you know, Brunt is, is a very small part and he's very well done, but, uh, you know, he doesn't add a whole lot to Deep Space Nine. Um, so it's, it's, it's going to be Worf. Uh, vote for Worf. And Mike. You know, if we were to do a, a show, and, and maybe we should now, Damon, whoops, uh, of, of best Star Trek actor, um, Jeffrey Combs, uh, if he doesn't make it to the final four, it's an atrocity. Um, and, and that's why Brent has made it this far. Uh, this is a character that's been in very little uh, of Star Trek. He has no character arc. Everybody else we've been talking about, we've been talking about, you know, how they go from beginning to end. Brunt is just one, one thing from beginning to end. And it's all because uh, of an exquisite performance by Jeffrey Combs and a unique performance. Brunt, uh, actually, I had no idea it was him originally, but Brunt is nowhere near Wayun and nowhere near Shran, uh, nowhere near any, any other thing that he's ever done. Uh, but in the end, that's really all it is. Uh, Worf is a, is a real, fully realized character. And, and there, there have been some great observations just, just made here. You know, I never really thought about how Worf no longer worked on Next Generation after he'd been on Deep Space Nine. You know, it, it, it never did fit anymore. Even, you know, I love the fact that they even stopped trying to explain why, because the reason why is because we want him in the movie. That's why. Um, and the idea that he washes out after, you know, the Enterprise uh, D crashes and, and he needs to find a place. And in Deep Space Nine is a place for, it's like I said before, where everyone knows your name. It's, it's a place for those, those, those kind of people. All of these are great observations. I think they're all dead on. Uh, so I think it, it's got to be Worf. And Worf is in the final four. We've got Nog versus Dukat, Cisco versus Worf. And uh, this 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 sucks. Uh, I get I get Nog versus Dukat, and Dukat. Ah, God damn it! They're both great characters, and they both have really good arcs. Ah, this sucks. So it just comes down to who I like more, or whose arc did I like more? And I like I like Nog's arc a lot, a whole lot. I like I like the fact that he starts out as a kid that can't read and becomes. A, a, an engineer, a lieutenant. He, he's promoted to lieutenant on on the show. Haha, Harry Kim. Sorry, I just had to get that shot in on Harry <laughs> Kim because he never gets promoted. Only starts a character <laughs> to not get a promotion. But uh, he 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 has a lot of development, and he, he was an annoying character at the beginning. I I think that's my favorite part about Deep Space Nine is almost all the characters are annoying characters at the beginning, but by the end. You love love them, and they they were annoying, and you, ah, there are things that you didn't like about them. But when you when you start to see it, when you start to watch the episodes, and you go back, you see those rough edges, that 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 gem, that diamond in the rough that was there in all of these characters at the beginning, that that the writers slowly but surely chiseled away 
to make these fantastic characters that we all love today. Um, Nog is one of those. And seriously, it's only a paper moon is is a great great episode, and it, and it doesn't have a single one of the main characters in it. It's both both the both the characters, and then and I mean focusing on them. I know they're there because Cisco's in every episode, but uh, it focuses on two characters that have just over what twenty five episodes between them in a show that has one hundred and seventy. Uh, so, god damn it, I love you, Nog, but. Ducat is Ducat, and uh, everything that everybody said about him before, I'm voting for Ducat. George? Yep. Uh, yep. I like both these characters. I really do. Um, I, I And so much has been said about them that is so true. Uh, probably the, the, the thing that I like most about Gold Ducat is that uh, he is supremely confident and supremely smug. And for the life of him, he can't understand why everyone else doesn't admire and worship him <laughs> in his mind. Um, and so I wish that um, I wish that I could vote for Nog in this, but I think Ducat is he to me he's the clear choice. So I'm voting for Ducat. Another vote for Ducat. Josh. Uh you know it's gonna come down to you know it, it's nothing against Nog. It's just everything about Gold Ducat. Um right. this this is a guy and I'm gonna say this and it's different because you know he's He's an episodic character and he's not a movie character. But when you go through and you look at Star Trek, uh, you know, not everybody's watched Deep Space Nine like we have. But I mean, he really may be uh, the greatest villain in Star Trek. I know if we talk about antagonists, there's Q. I don't see Q as a villain. He's an antagonist. Um, and I think there was a time where the Borg were great, but they, they quickly lost that. And I think Dukat from the beginning has been the villain. And I think maybe we might have been tricked into thinking he's not the villain, but he's he's always been the villain. I've always seen him as the villain and I've loved him, you, you know, anyway, because he brings so much. He, you know, he and Ben Sisko, I mean, they have an episode where it's just them. I mean, they you know, he brings so much and it's all it's all because he wants revenge. Um, and I think. The, the quote that I love the, the best um, is when they finally take Deep Space Nine back and uh, Wayun says that we're going to destroy Earth because that's where the Federation is and that's where a resistance will rise. And Goldukat says, no, 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 you can't do that. And you think for a second he might be like, you can't kill all those people for nothing. No, he's saying no because a true victory uh, isn't killing your enemy. It's making them see that they were wrong in the first place to oppose you. Um, you know, and then if that doesn't work, you kill them. But I mean, it's, it's all about going back to the Bajorans and, and saying, Hey, I wasn't such a bad guy. I was trying to help you. Um, and, and in no way were, you know, was the occupation good or was he trying to help them? But in his mind, he was a savior and, you know, he was going to do anything he had to do, uh, including selling out his own people to the dominion to, to do that. Um, and that is a character who, 
is when he's driven like that, who will do anything that just is such a joy to watch. Uh, and I can't imagine Deep Space Nine without him, and I can't imagine anybody but Mark Alamo playing him um, because he does come off very creepy at times. Um, so it's it, unfortunately it's Ducat over Nog, even though I do like Nog, and I think out of all the characters, he developed the most. A vote for Ducat. God damn you with that awesome line, uh, Mike. Yeah, it's it's definitely Ducat. Um, I have three reasons. Reason number one. Uh, as much as I as I, I do like Nog, and I think his story is great, and that growth from, uh, you know, from like you said, the the punk kid sitting there hanging out in the promenade to a a soldier, a warrior, and and the fact that it's even a, a Starfleet officer, uh, makes it even better. And it's that idea that that ultimately, uh, like Quark mentions in in one of the episodes, Starfleet and the humans, uh, they're their means of conquest is not military. It's through a real kind of moral, a genuine moral superiority. And they have a positive influence on Nog and, and he goes with that influence. And ultimately, you know, I think in, in the long run, the implication between him and Rom is that, that the Ferengi will, will be a better society and eventually part of the Federation. It's a great story. If you remove it from deep space nine entirely, Deep Space Nine is diminished, but it still exists. You can't pull Ducat out. His story is woven into it. Um, secondly, uh, it's he like like we've said, he, it's just such a, a a great Deep Space Nine character. This story that we see with Nog, you could kind of see that story happening on other shows, like like you know when we were talking about Morn. Um, but the the moral ambiguity that you get with Ducat is something that happened really only in Deep Space Nine. Uh, the good guys and the bad guys blur on Deep Space Nine much, much more so than they did on any other Star Trek. Um, and, uh, and I think that plays out. And, and that plays out for the third reason, which is, you know, ultimately, uh, I'm, I, for me, it'll be no secret in the next round with Cisco versus Worf, I'm voting for Cisco. And that will put Cisco and Ducat in the final round, which uh, which is where they should be, because that is the conflict that, that that was the ending of the show. That was the conflict that was the beginning of the show. That was the conflict that was the show. So Ducat, a vote for Ducat and Miles. Yeah, it's going to be no surprise here. This is nothing against Nog. It's uh, he's fantastic, and his story arc was was a joy to watch uh, throughout the seven seasons. Um, but you have to have to cut. Um, I'm just going to celebrate a moment of the The one episode where I'm not sure which it was one of the earlier seasons where they enact this program on the station. And this, this program comes on if the Bajorans revolt and you have these recorded messages from the And then, um, and then Dukat finally arrives on the station after everything on the station has gone to crap. Um, there's this um, phaser cannon, the replicator just shooting at everything. And he walks by it. It doesn't shoot at him. It disappears. He orders a drink. He starts walking on and his phaser cannon just starts shooting at everything else. And he, he's just kind of in his glory. I mean, just walking around um, while this, 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 this phaser cannon is just blowing everything up. Um, 
the man lacks, you know, the, the, the hubris he has is just astonishing. Um, but it's one of the things that makes him such a great character. Um, like it was one of you guys already said, he's indignant that the Bajorans didn't appreciate him more. Um, so, um, yeah, I, I keep going, but my vote's for Dukat. The emissary to the Paw Wraith, Gal Dukat, is in the finals. We're on to our next fight. George, this one is yours. It's another, pro- pro- it's a slaughter fest. It's Cisco versus Worf. <laughs> yeah, I think this one's going to be pretty obvious for reasons that have already been said. Uh, let's just get to Dukat versus Cisco. Uh, vote for Cisco. Uh, Josh? Yeah, uh, I've got a whole spiel with Cisco, and I'm going to save it. Um, so, I mean, he doesn't need a whole lot to get him past the wharf, but uh, as we approach the Christmas holiday where we celebrate the birth of uh, mankind's Savior, Jesus Christ, I think we have to celebrate Ben Cisco because technically Ben Cisco is the Jesus of Bajor. Um and just because of that, and because of the season, he has to move on. Uh, he's actually the Jesus of Starfleet, when you really look at it, because he saves all of their asses. <laughs> uh, Mike? Uh, yeah, I think in this instance, even Worf would vote for Cisco, so I will too. Miles? Uh, I'm just going to keep it simple. Uh, Worf's my boy, love him, but it's Cisco. Yeah, it is Cisco. <laughs> I got a picture of him right behind me right now. Let me look at him right now. Okay, it's the Cisco. Uh, the Cisco is into the finals very quickly. It is Gold Ducat, Emissary to the Paw Race versus Commander, no Captain, <laughs> no Captain of All Starfleet. What, what, what was his highest rank? Because he was the Captain of... Starfleet Defense is that what it Fleet was? Fleet Captain or something maybe? Fleet know. Captain. He uh, he didn't make Admiral, but he was pretty damn high up there. Yeah. Uh, Captain Benjamin Lafayette, Cisco. Uh, Josh, you get to start that one. Oh boy! So it's Ducat versus Cisco. Yep. Oh, uh, uh, boy. You know what? Uh, I said a lot about Ducat already, um, and. I really don't think I can say any more, so I'm going to say what I have to say about Cisco. Uh, I think what makes Cisco such a great character, uh, such a great lead character, is that like we we got backstory with him before it even started. Uh, we kind of knew the predicament he he was in. Um, we knew that he was kind of a broken man, and so that kind of gave us a jump start. It gave us a, a point to start at and and a place to go. And I don't think. Uh, when we look at the other captains in Star Trek, uh, we don't have that. I mean, we, we can have some some growth. Uh, I think, you know, you get a little bit of growth with, with Picard. Um, you you kind of do with Janeway, um, but not at not to the same degree you get it with Ben Sisko. Uh, ben Sisko is, is he's, he personifies all of them. He is, he is a family man. Um, he is a soldier. Um, he's lost. Uh, he's gained. Uh, he's had um, quite a bit of responsibility thrust upon him. Um, you know, the, the hopes of Starfleet were on 
that man's shoulders at one time, not, not to mention uh, Bayshore. And he was making decisions uh, based not only on what Starfleet wants, but what Bajor wants. And there were times where that, that really interfered with, with doing his job as a Starfleet captain. Uh, you know, I, I look at it and I think, you know, he is maybe the most identifiable character and the most identifiable captain because he has vulnerabilities. Um, but he has, everything that makes him who he is makes us as human beings who we are. We have families, we have, um, you know, wives, children, and in cases we've lost them. And then we've had to start over, not with just our career, but with, with a relationship and, uh, losing friends and how we deal with that. Uh, and really, you know, he has had to make something out of nothing. Um, everyone else was kind of handed something, uh, at the beginning of the episode or at the beginning of their shows. And he wasn't, he was handed, uh, a pile of shit and he had to make lemonade out of it. And he did a fucking awesome job. Uh, he, in my opinion, is the best captain. Uh, he's the best captain. He is the, uh, he, along with Ducat, they're right up there with the most, uh, in characters who have the most depth, um, and, and you know, when I think about it, I just, you know, to me, deep space nine, I see a bald Ben Cisco, uh, with a goatee and fire in his eyes, a man who won't be stopped, a man who has a mission, uh, you know, set forth by Starfleet, set forth by the prophets, um, and he accomplishes it and nothing gets in his way. Um. And so for that, that fact, I am going to go with Ben Cisco. It would have been hilarious if you had voted for Ducat. I, you know what? I thought about it for <laughs> two seconds and then I didn't because I didn't want to be an asshole. But no, you could be an asshole. But uh, a vote for Cisco. Uh, Mike. Yeah, I'm also going to vote for uh, Cisco. Um, and, and for a couple of reasons, a lot of which are just sort of uh, kind of extrapolations on things that have been said. Uh, you know, we, we had mentioned, uh, before how, you know, this is a character that started off, uh, not as the, you know, the shining example of a Starfleet officer and, and ended up as one, which, which made him kind of unique in Star Trek, but he, he's unique in a couple other ways. Uh, some of which have been mentioned. He is a family man, um, which is something that, uh, none of the other captains really pulled off. Um, and, and not just, he has a family. He has a good, healthy family. He had a good relationship with his wife, uh, but he was also able to move on. And and amidst what is probably one of what became one of the most difficult positions in the Federation, he actually managed to raise a son who uh, who turned out to be a, a great uh, human being on his own. Um, that's a hard thing to do uh, in general, especially as a single dad. Uh, and, and to do it, you know, in, in the middle of a, of a war zone, uh, on the edge of space is even tougher. And I, and I think that's not mentioned enough with Cisco, how he is an example of someone who, who genuinely balances, uh, duty and family. Uh, and in addition, you know, we've kind of talked about him being a messiah. Uh, but I, I think that, that, that also doesn't get mentioned enough. Star Trek is, is notoriously uncomfortable with uh with spirituality um i think 
Gene Roddenberry's uh, kind of secular humanist and mankind will evolve beyond the need for religion uh, philosophy uh, has always permeated it. But I think that's it, that ignores the fact that while he may have believed that human beings will move past it in a few hundred years, you know, the simple fact that human beings haven't moved past it in, oh, 10,000 years means I think spirituality is going to be with us for a lot longer than he might have given it credit for. And Cisco's the only attempt to address that in all of Star Trek. Um, and they don't address it with the humans. They address it with the Bajorans, but at least they kind of address it. And, uh, and, and I think that's fantastic. And I think, again, that's something unique that you're not going to find in, in any other uh, character in Star Trek. Uh, so for those reasons and everything that's been mentioned before, when we first, you know, came up with this idea of best uh, Deep Space Nine character, I was just kind of like, my God, how can it be anything other than Cisco? It is his show. It is his story. Uh, every other Star Trek, the main character is not any of the characters. It's the ship. It's the mission. It's the voyage. But on this one, the main character really is Cisco. Um, so how can we say the best Deep Space Nine character is anyone other than him? A vote for Cisco. And he's a good cook, too. God damn you, Mike. God damn you. Um, I almost want to skip you, Miles, but I'm going to go to you, Miles. <laughs> I- I'm not going to be able to say Josh and Mike really said it really well about about Cisco. Um, this, this, this shows it's telling a lot of people's stories, but it's really telling his story from um, how he overcome, you know, overcame the adversity of his life still you know still mourning the wife the, the his dead wife and getting getting a um, a mission he didn't necessarily want and um just what he did with it i mean uh some he he was given the ball and 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 he any 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 and he threw it and he took, and he um you know he he um so uh, I, I, I harken back to the episode Pale Moonlight, where you, you see in the episode a little bit every a- action he has to take that question that questions his morals and ethics. It looks like it, it's eating something inside of him, but then at the end he says, "I can live with it. I can live with it." Um, he he sees the uh, the big picture. The big picture is. Um, you know the the, uh, the the safety of of the Alpha Quadrant from the Dominion. Um, like I said, I'm not sure Picard could have done it, or or Kirk, or Janeway, um, but but Cisco is able to do it. Um, so, uh, yeah, my my vote goes for Cisco, and this is nothing against uh, Dukat. Dukat was a, we already said is one of the best villains, and if not the best villain in Star Trek, but D Space Nine is is Cisco's story. A vote for Cisco. Um, God, Cisco love is so strong. It permeates me, fuels me with joy and laughter. But I'm going to vote for Ducat because a hero is only as good as his villain. And without Ducat, I think Cisco is not as good a character. I think I think Ducat is needed 
to make Cisco rise to that challenge, to make him into um, himself into a better man. And Cisco was uh, sorry, and and Dukat was just the villain for it. I think Dukat is the best villain in all of Star Trek. Uh, I I don't know anybody who's better. Hell, he might be the best antagonist in all of Star Trek. Yeah, you know what he is. He's better than Q. Dukat. There are more episodes of Dukat than there are of Q, and every Dukat episode is great. Uh, Q episodes. There's a few that stuck that suck. Uh, Dukat is the best antagonist. He's better than he's better than Khan. I'm trying to think of any other big name Star Trek villains, which there aren't very many of. Because you you, you run into Q, uh, Trelane, Carrie Mitchell. Like there's one off episode villains, but there's nobody like Dukat. Dukat went seven years of being the bad guy, and he did a very 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 good job of it. I, Voyager doesn't have a villain. Enterprise doesn't have a villain. Like, Dukat wrecked villains for Star Trek forever. Like, the villains in Star Trek movies have, have all paled in comparison to the greatest villain ever created for Star Trek, which, by, by, by him being as good as he is, he elevates Cisco. Uh, I'm going to go with Gul Dukat. Dukat! 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 Uh, George? Okay. Um, so, so, uh, so it's, uh, Dukat has just one vote right now, right? Yeah, that's it. He, that's all he's going to get probably. Okay. Well, yeah, you're right there. (laughs) Um, but saying that, you know, Cisco, uh, Cisco is probably my second favorite captain, uh, following very close behind Picard. Uh, for all the reasons that have already been said, um, uh, the show, uh, I agree, you know, this show really does come off to me as Cisco's story. Um, and I, and he, like, like everyone has already said about Cisco. He, I think, I think Cisco probably had the toughest job of any star Starfleet captain that we see in a in a Star Trek show. And I, and like I said earlier, um, when I first saw this show, I actually hated it because I didn't like the fact that Cisco started out as as a commander. And and I, and the show was stationary. It was on the space station. They didn't have any missions to go on or anything. So I dismissed it. But then I came back later. And I saw and I began to see how Cisco and his son, and in a lot of ways, you know, they, they're kind of a joint package there. I really love that that relationship between those two. And although I love Dukat, Damon, you're right. He's probably one of the best villains in Star in Star Trek. But uh, tonight, I um, Captain Benjamin Lafayette Cisco. I think he's I think he's going to be the be the winner. Uh, you're you're absolutely right. Captain Cisco is the winner. But as always, we are wrong. Uh, Cisco no, wasn't. 
Yeah, we are. It was Cassidy Yates. I know we didn't put her on the list, but Cassidy <laughs> Yates is totally the winner of this episode. Uh, <laughs> thanks for listening. Anybody have anything they'd like to plug? Uh, Josh? Uh, I don't have anything to really plug, uh, but I do have a, a little word of advice. Um, so in the in my hometown of Kennebunk, Maine, uh, we had a big scandal where a Zumba teacher was, uh, uh, you know, moonlighting as a prostitute uh, and doing like 150 guys in her client list across the street in her office. And her office just happened to be the only movie store we had in town growing up as a kid, uh, Video Dreams. And it was kind of a creepy little store and you'd go in and you'd pick out your movies. And, and I just loved it because back then it was like, ooh, movies, you know, and, you know. I, I guess I guess what I'm getting at is, you know what, if there are any small video stores left in your your hometown or where you live, you know, it, you know, go to them and, and make sure they don't go out of business. Because when video stores like that go out of business, prostitution moves in and, you know, it, it just goes downhill from there. Yes. Support local video stories so they don't become hubs of prostitution. <laughs> uh, you know what? It's late. It's <laughs> okay. Uh, George. Um, uh, uh, I wanted to say, uh, 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 thanks for inviting me on the show, Damon. Uh, last minute, uh, I was happy to, to, to step in and, and it was a lot of fun. Um, I, I would like to plug, uh, something, um, uh, Coming up, uh, I'm going to be a guest panelist on the Delta Quadrant podcast, the Voyager podcast. Um, and that's going to be the, I think it's like the first or second episode of the new year in January. So if anyone out, if anyone's listening who likes that show, uh, I'll, I'll be on there coming up soon. Uh, those are a great bunch of guy, uh, guys and gals. Um, and I like working with them. Uh, and also, uh, I'm working on starting my own podcast, uh, which is yet to which is yet unnamed, but uh, it's going to be a sci-fi slash fantasy movie review show where we talk about um, where we talk about movies that we that we pick on Netflix. Uh, uh, first episode, hoping will drop in early to mid January, and, and uh, I'm possibly looking for a third or fourth co-host. If you're interested, I can be contacted at on Twitter at GQ underscore Black. You That's should, it. You should call the show Vagina. You'd have a ton of geeks listening. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Miles, I know you've got stuff. Uh, if you check out the Sci-Fi Diner podcast, uh, our last episode, um, we had a friend that you probably know, Damon. Um, we we uh, did our, our, our Sci-Fi uh, Christmas w- w- wish lists. Um, um, Chris Wood from Social Security and Bye Bye Robot joined us for that. And um, also uh, John Frazier uh, from uh, Think Geek joined us for that one. So that was a fun podcast. That's our, That was our last one. So check us out, SciFiDinerPodcast.com or on iTunes, um, Sci-Fi Diner Podcast at Twitter, and we also have a Facebook page, too. Toot, toot. Check out our friends, DVDGeeks.tv, Subspace Communicate, and their awesome podcast, what we were just talking about, it, Life After Trek, and their awesome website where they sell pretty sweet art, which is ByeByRobot.com, and the Rock for Files files. It still exists. 
Uh, Chris Wood made it while he was drunk. It's still there. A lot of the YouTube links uh, don't work anymore, but it's still there. Uh, also, check out Greg Blanchard and Inappropriate Conversations. They're pretty awesome. Well, he's pretty awesome. Also, give a listen to The Solos Minions of Orthodoxy and Commentary Track Stars. They do lots of uh, commentaries on pretty cool movies. And a mission log, a Roddenberry podcast, John Champion over there. He's got two podcast mentions on here. Uh, special thanks to uh, Karen for being our web presence. Check out what she's doing on the Geek Fights Tumblr uh, with the Chris Mitchell, who also created uh, Geek Fights Wikia. Christy Woke helped flesh, flesh it out. You can play on there, too. Put whatever you like about us. And who could forget Jared Formby and his amazing intros? You can check him out at www.heystartrek.com. Yes. See, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's .net or .com. I'm just going to keep saying .net. No, it's .com. Uh, Mike? You can find me on the Week in Geek video show on YouTube, where we preview new comics every week. Uh, you can check us out at geekfights.net, where we have lists of show ideas, the brackets we mentioned earlier, our past episodes, links to our wiki, our Facebook page, and to our Tumblr. Don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes and like us on Facebook. If you'd like to be on the panel, just contact us at geekfights at gmail.com or on Facebook or Twitter. Just look for Geek Fights or follow the links on our website. That's all it takes to join the Legion of Geeks. Uh, next week's episode is uh, uh, right along the same lines of this one. It's uh, beards versus mustaches. <laughs> and Cisco is on that one. Is he? Yeah, Cisco's goatee is on there. I thought it was just a goatee. Yeah, well, sure goatee I is a beard. I, I mean, I didn't put Cisco's goatee. I think I just put goatee. But anyway, any and all ideas are welcome. Thanks again for listening. Until next time. Uh, keep fighting the geek fight. Good night. Oh, unless it's the end of the world and you never hear this because right now it is December 21st and Anthony uh, Valencia's <laughs> 30th birthday. So if the universe ceases to exist after today, sorry you did not get to hear this Star Trek awesomeness. Yeah, this is a good episode. Yeah. At 0800 hours, station time, the Romulan Empire formally declared war against the Dominion. They have already struck 15 bases along the Cardassian border. So, this is a huge victory for the good guys. This may even be the turning point of the entire war. There is even a welcome to the fight party tonight in the wardroom. So, I lied. I cheated. I bribed men to cover the crimes of other men. accessory to murder. But the most damning thing of all, I think I can live with it. And if I had to do it all over again, I would. Garrick was right about one thing. A guilty conscience is a small price to pay for the safety of the Alpha Quadrant, so I will learn to live with it. Because I can live with it.
I can live with it. Computer. Erase that entire personal log. It is pee break time. There's only yeah. two easy fights in the second round. I'll step up for a minute. <laughs> oh, man. There are only two easy fights. These get even more fucked up. Dancing, 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 dancing. But a lot of it's been said. And now I'm by myself. Singing by myself. Singing by myself because nobody can hear me but Mike in like a couple days when he starts to do the editing of the episode because he listens to this part of the show on the off chance that something good happens. Really? Nobody nobody was there. They couldn't hear me. That's awesome. Hmm. I murdered 16 people last... Oh, somebody might be back. Hey, Damon. Hi. Hi. I want you to try something for me. Take a sip of this. What is it? A human drink. It's called root beer. I don't know. Come on. Aren't you just a little bit curious? <sighs> what do you think? It's fire. I know. It's so bubbly and cloy and happy. Just like the Federation. But you know what's really frightening? If you drink enough of it, you begin to like it. It's insidious. Just like the Federation. Do you think they'll be able to save us? I hope so. <laughs> 